Patricia, my darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling I'm falling in love with you Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling Patricia, no fooling I'm falling in love with you Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Hello, everybody. It is Saturday night, August the 13th, year 2016, and the phones do work, and I get called myself. Yeah, that... that. <laughs> Did you have a good conversation with you? I just wanted to make sure, because sometimes I've been known to leave the ring off, and so I figured, I figured I figured, I better make sure, concerning the adorable one, is here. She is... uh. She, she's like the queen of England. She makes her appearance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. This is fun. <laughs> so the adorable one made a, made a couple of sacrifices today. She just wished her brother a happy birthday and told him she had to get off to be with us. So you better, you better take advantage of the golden opportunity. If not... You better take advantage of this because my poor brother... Is suffering the consequences. <laughs> and our number is 714 545 2071 714 we have a disaster in Patricia's life. It just happened. Oh, it's a quasi-disaster. 
<laughs> I mean, it's not even a quasi-disaster. It's probably a gift. <laughs> so you want to explain to the family? We, we keep it the family in form of everything. So we might as well bring the, 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 uh, the daily saga. What is the saga of the day? You know how technically savvy I am. I can do anything as long as it's got instructions, and it's not anything more complicated than on and off. Yes. Which I messed up today. (laughs) (laughs) I managed to do that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, my my Internet went out, and my television went out, and I picked up the phone, and my phone was working. Now, everything is in a bundle. This is a bundled cable dealie. Uh-huh. And I had no idea what happened. The ultimate, the, the upshot was the, <laughs> the back of the modem, the off switch was snapped <laughs> on the back of the modem. And how that happened, I do not know. I mean, this stuff. But anyway, so I'm all back to normal. I hate that word, but I'll use it tonight. Uh-huh. I'm all back to normal. I've got television. I've got cable on for my Internet. My phone is working. And I'm in the kitchen making chicken salad, and Superman's on the television, and at the end of Superman, it went bang, and that was it. I have no television, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is probably a very good thing, because uh, I've been squealing about, I've been bragging, that's what I've been doing, I've been bragging that I think I'm going to have my television disconnected. It costs me more money than it's worth, and I almost never watch it. It's always in the background. So now I can check it out. If I'm in a wreck by Monday, I will get another television. (laughs) If I'm not a wreck, I'll just call them and say, disconnect it. Disconnect? Yeah. I mean, this is almost $60 a month. That's a lot of money just to have something in the background. I remember the days when we had free TV. It's been a few oh. years, boy, but that's a long time ago. I, I, but I remember those days. Now, do you know what? Yeah. Lynn Noyes, of course, is not, not with us. He passed. Yeah. When it was a year and a half ago. Over a year, yeah. Uh huh. It's it's been over a year. I think so. And one time we were talking, and he said, "Oh, you can get this to put over your television, and it will." get in all of these stations, you don't even have to have it connected to cable. <clears throat> and I said, gee, that's really good. <laughs> he said, what kind of a television do you have? I said, a 15-year-old digital. <laughs> so he said, I don't think so. <laughs> so. So I didn't get it. But if I get a, t- a new television, mm-hmm. I can just go to Walmart and for $29 get one of these doodads that you put up on the wall and I'll get even more stations. Yeah, then I, mean, I could get if I paid a million dollars. You might as well give it a try if you if you think you need a half TV. Mm-hmm. If you do. The only thing that's going to be difficult is squirreling around on the Internet looking for news. And you and I talked about mm-hmm. that. You thought I might be able to find some streaming. Yep. Because CBS, so. CBS announced that they were making their channel available for $5 a month. I don't want to pay anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> If it's a bargain, I can help you with it. I can do that. I know you could. You are yeah, the I'm value shopper shopper for us. I got chicken for 99 cents a pound the other day. Wow. Now that's darn good. 
the shower? Um, how much? How much? Would the, how much was the shower? The sal- the chicken salad. Well, the salad. I mean, you you got the chicken. Yeah. But how much the rest of the uh, stuff? Oh well, I got four pounds of lettuce. Okay. For four dollars, that was a dollar a pound. A pound, okay. And and that's pretty good because you have to pay almost two dollars for just a little head. Okay. Of lettuce, so this is good. Okay. I got four pounds of lettuce. Okay. And what else did I get? Um, two well, liters of olive oil. So that's in your that's salad, okay? Yeah, that's in the salad. Okay. And I got my vinegar. I picked up a new jar of vinegar. Okay. And I buy it. I buy it by the half gallon because <laughs> <laughs> I eat so much salad. <laughs> I am a rabbit. So anyway. Well, uh, if you like to talk to Miss Bug Bunny, hello there. You're on the air. <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sounded like my sister. <laughs> <laughs> A little confused here with the cognitive issues. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. Hi, this is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. How are you? This is Paul in California. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good tonight. You sound good. Yeah, thank you. You, you know what? Do. I'm. I have an 80-year-old friend here named Frank who is listening to you for the very first time. Oh my gosh. Uh, we were celebrating my grandson's second birthday, and he lives right next door. So I came over to see his, his place there, and all of a sudden my phone starts playing Patricia. <laughs> you heard Patricia, Patricia theme song went over your phone. Oh, okay. That, that's right. So I had to explain to him what was going on. And, and uh, I said, you know what? I said, I might I might be able to get, get a call in. Would you say hello? And he said, yeah. So I'm going to let Frank say hello to you guys. Okay, that'd be great. Hello. How are you doing, Frank? Hi, Frank. Welcome to yeah. our, our open house. a good friend of Paul. You remember old-time radio? Do you remember old-time radio? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You have a favorite show? Oh, <laughs> oh! You mean a uh, favorite show? I uh huh. Well, I used to listen to Lucy. You know Lucy, Lucy Ball, and uh, and uh, Long Ranger. Long Ranger. Uh huh. Programs, but they're not in. The, they're not in anymore. They're not on anymore. I miss Did you? Do yeah. you remember Fibber McGee and Molly? Pardon me. Do you remember Fibber McGee and Molly? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> well, we play Fibber McGee and Molly very often on this show. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Yep. We are, you also can hear the Little Ranger on the station and Lucy Ball. So the, the, yeah. So the stuff you like are here on the okay. channel. <laughs> and, and that oh, means man. you have to listen to us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Frank was born in Italy. Oh, wow. And he actually had the Germans come through his house searching it and taking what they wanted when he was a... Oh. He was oh about seven God. years old, but he remembers it. Oh, my God. I was having dinner I was having dinner with a friend about a month ago, and he was in Belgium, and he remembered the Nazis oh, occu- yeah, occupying fr- his country. Well, they're frightened. They're scary. Yeah. Oh, how awful. Frank, how old were you when you came to America? I was 11 years old. Was it, was it a shock to you? Sorry? 
was it a shock to you? To America? Uh-huh. Was it a shock for you when you came to America? Uh, no, not really. No, it wasn't a shock to me. Uh-huh. No. no. I, I came with my parents. My parents and I came together. And where did you live? Uh, well, I lived in Italy, but... When you uh, came here? When I came here, I lived in Oakland. Oakland, California. My goodness. That's really unusual. How, oh, my goodness. When, when you and your parents came here... How? What, where did you land in the country? Were you through? Did you have to go through Ellis Island? No, no, no. We didn't have to go through Ellis Island. Let's no. back up a little bit right here, Frank. Um, you t- told me that only usually one person is allowed. Yeah, yeah. Tell them the story. Tell them, Chief. Usually only one person is allowed to come. Okay. From a family. From a family, but some, sometimes we had a little pool. You know, we know some big, big, big. Uh, you know, people in Congress. In the Supreme uh-huh. Court. Your uncle. My uncle knew some people in the Supreme Court. And what was his name? U.S. Supreme Court was... His name was Royal Warren. Have you heard of him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Justice my, uncle, Warren. My, my uncle and Earl Warren were pretty good friends. Because Justice Warren, in, for people who may or may not, was governor of California in the 40s. Yeah. And uh-huh. before he was ever on the Supreme Court. Yeah, he was. He was governor of California. That's right. That's amazing. So, so because of this connection he had, they let the mother and his mom and dad and him come at one time. Yeah. And then where did you land, Frank? Oh, we were supposed to land in New York, but we landed in Philadelphia instead. Did, Philadelphia. So, did you know English right away, or did that take a while to learn the language? Did you know English right away? Or? No, no, I didn't know English at all. No English oh at all. No. I learned it pretty fast, sir. But his folks never did speak English. No, my folks never did speak English. No, they, uh, we came from, uh, have you heard of Genoa, Genoa? Yes. In Italy? Yes. Yes. I was born near there, in a village near there. In Genoa. Very pretty area. Wow. Very pretty. Yeah. Why, why do you think your folks didn't, um, want to learn English? Well, they, my father came here. He was almost 40 years old. They didn't, uh, yeah, he had to go to work. My father had to go to work, and my mother got pregnant with my brother, so they didn't have time to go to school. Yeah. Mm. Where did your dad work? My dad worked at a place where they uh, cut meat, you know, like a butcher. Oh, a butcher. Oh. He worked there for about, almost 17 years. Wow. But he didn't know the language, and, you know... He, When my my great-grandparents came to this country, they were German and spoke German, and they wound up in New York City in an area that was German. And at that time, there was an Irish section, a German section, an Italian section, and everybody spoke their own language in those particular areas. When you went to California, were there neighborhoods or areas that were... Exclude, I say exclusively, primarily Italian and primarily German. Yeah, so primarily Italian. Italian, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the area, mm-hmm. yeah, primarily Italian, yeah. Okay, so if you lived in an area that was almost exclusively Italian, there really was no reason for your parents to right. really struggle okay. to learn. I mean, this is a very difficult language to learn. 
So, that, you know, they're that is able to hard to learn. Pretty hard to learn, yeah. But English yeah. is hard to learn, too. English is hard to learn, too. It took me a while. You were a kid going faster. You know, I was only seven years old. When, I'm sorry, I was 11 years old when I came here. Yeah. Wow. The older you get, the harder it is. Yeah, it is. It's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, when you know. You were 11 when you got here. How old yeah. were you when you had to begin going to school? I guess I was. I started going to school about when I was about twelve years old. Okay. Well, so you had a little bit of settling in time. Were you speaking any English by the time you got to school? Pardon me. Were you speaking Were any you? English by the time you? No. No. No English. No. Wow. No. Oh my goodness! I just I just can't hard. imagine. It was hard. And they probably didn't have any special class no. that taught you English, right? No, they started me out reading these, you know, small words, like children's words, and little by little I picked uh-huh. Uh-huh. little by little I picked up hard words, you know, things like that. But wow. it was it was hard. What were, were the people that lived in Oakland were they nice to you, or did that take a while to get adjusted to? Oh, they were pretty. We we lived. They were pretty nice. Uh-huh. Nice to us, yeah. There was a lot of, quite a few Italian people while we lived, where we lived. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, that, but, that that was nice as a family, but it sure didn't help you a lot in school and integrating into. Uh, oh my goodness! This, you know, anybody who can learn another language, any language, I don't care what it is, I admire so much because, especially because, not not only would I admire them no matter what, but especially because I cannot do it. Yeah. yeah you I have no ability to learn another language, none. Well, I was really young when I came here. You know, when you're young, you pick it up pretty fast. You Can know? you speak Italian now, or have you forgotten it? I still, I still speak, but not as, not, not as well, though. Uh-huh. I forgot a lot of words. You don't have anybody to speak it with, huh? I don't have anybody to speak it with. I used to speak it all the time with my, my parents, but they're both gone, so it's just... Me and my brother. So when you think, you, do you think in English or do you think in Italian word? Or uh, I'm thinking in English. You're thinking in English. Yeah. I forgot a lot of it, to tell you the truth, you know. Yeah. I remember, I, I remember some of the words, but the difficult words, I, I don't remember. Uh-huh. So. It's not an easy language. <laughs> yeah, cause called, I think it's one of the romantic languages, and so it's a different yeah. than English, and it's a... It's a totally it is, different game. It is a romantic language. Yeah. It is, you know, but uh, Italian and Spanish, there's not that much difference, really, both languages. Right, because I think they're I, both considered uh, romantic languages. Yeah, so. I understand a little, a little bit of Spanish, uh-huh. but it's a, lot, it's a Latin language, you know, Latin. Right? Wow. Um, I didn't I'm realize so that. I'm admiring these. <laughs> All of you. Paul, do you speak another language? No, uh, I don't. Now, with with the German in our background, um, when I was a freshman, I started taking German because I w- wanted to make my dad happy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I was a prankster, and uh, during the class, uh, or we had these big, long windows that went on the whole side of this classroom, and they had Venetian blinds. And the cord oh, came down. Hmm? 
Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. So, so the cord that you use to to raise them up, well, I tied him to the jacket of the guy in front of me, and when he passes <laughs> over, he grabbed his jacket and actually tore the whole run down oh, off the windows. And the teacher said, "Who did that?" And I said, "I did." You know. And he said, "You're out of here." You know. Go report to the office. So I went to the office and. We were uh, so far into the classes, I couldn't start any other classes, so they gave me a free period that's in the library, which was great because I could do homework and explore all, you know, the different kind of books that I like, like how things work, you know, mechanics. You're the only person I ever talked with who got fired from school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of enjoying it, you know. <laughs> I could just, I could just, uh, Good morning, Frau Lübcke, you get a beer. Well, the Guten Morgen, that's it. That's it. You know, in Europe, they they typically learn at least three languages. You know, yeah. English, their own, and uh, something else, like French or something. Yeah. And they some learn a lot more than that. Latin and French in high school. It didn't work. My, my uncle, if more people know, was having NATO, and what he did, uh, every new country he was in, that he knew it was going to be state, he learned a phrase every day, one new phrase every day. So when he, when he was stationed in France or stationed in Belgium or stationed in Japan, before he ever hit the country, he at least had a working language. And uh, so I guess that's one way to try to do it. You know, uh, to, you speak any foreign, any language at all in French? Yeah. Speak a little bit of it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but he he did. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Paul and Frank, thank you for giving us a call. We really enjoyed having you with us. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, oh, Frank. Our pleasure. And now we'll expect you to be there every Saturday night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can work that out. Oh, That'd work it out between me and Paul. That'd be great. Take care, Frank and Paul. Thank okay. you both. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Some have a new friend. Ah, 714-545-2071. Can we, can we teach Patricia French? That should be the next goal. Oh. What do you think? Oh. I don't know French. You know more than I do. <laughs> That's good. So I could say a whole bunch of stuff and you wouldn't know. I wouldn't I know. Really doing it. Uh-uh. I wouldn't know. Ooh, I like this. 714-545-2071. The end. Well, I have a question for you. Yes, my dear. I, I, I have a presidential question for you. Perfect. And I thought this was... I thought this was pretty cool. All right. We have had, we have had, uh, do we have a call? We do, but why don't we have the, oh, okay. Oh, you don't want to give it to both of us, or you want to wait, sit on the question? Well, sure. Who, well, who's, who's on the phone? Caller, would you identify yourself? Uh, Fred Pocket. That you, Fred? That's Fred, yeah. Hi, Fred. Well, he, he might be able to help you with this. He's one of the smart... <laughs> it's good to talk Hi. to you, Fred. I'm going I don't, to ask I don't you a feel very smart tonight, but go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? All righty. Fred and I are ready. Okay. You two, both of you have to put your heads together. Okay. 
six out of our 44 presidents have served as officers in the Navy. Name them. Wow. Okay. Roosevelt. Well, he <laughs> was, well, he was head of the Navy. I don't know whether Patricia count that or not, but he, yeah, he was Secretary of the Navy. And, uh, but, I mean, he came up with that instantly. Well, okay, so we're talking about Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if Patricia's going to wait. I think she'll mm-hmm. let us add the six. Yeah, I think she wants... He's, he's breaking up on me, Walden, so you have to help me here. She, she wants to know, are you going to let us know yes or no? You want to come up with six of them. Right away. Oh, uh, no, but Franklin Delano Roosevelt is, is correct. Because okay. Because he was Assistant Secretary of the, of Navy. the Navy. Okay, so mm-hmm. yes, that's where we got one. So what's the next one? Oh, boy. Oh, Kennedy. Kennedy? John F. Kennedy, yes. Two, good. Good, uh, good. Well, I, I know one right away, Fred. Yeah, uh, I think of I, I think of the nuclear submarine. Mm-hmm. Only for him, it was nuclear. Walden, <laughs> I, th- I, I that's the way he pronounced it. <laughs> I am a nuclear <laughs> nuclear, <laughs> and I have a degree in nuclear nuclear. <laughs> So that, of course, that's James Earl Carter. That is correct. That's three. So we're halfway home. Huh. the last three are going to be that. That sounds like he's underwater to me. I know. It, may, it might be a phone. You want to move the phone, Fred? Oh, okay. Right, right. Is that better? That's better. Okay. I uh, see. Three more to go. Three more to go. Hmm. Well, we're pretty sure that's not Grant. I don't think he ever was on the water. Where's she? Grant is being buried. <laughs> okay, now now we had Franklin Roosevelt because he was Assistant Secretary of the Navy right. prior to his presidency. Right. So rather than than just lumping him as the Commander in Chief, um, he he really was directly <clears throat> directly um, connected to the Navy. So. Wait a minute. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, how about Nixon? How about Nixon? Nixon, you are absolutely right. Yeah, he he, has, oh, okay. he played cards. That's right. He he. I think that was on. He he. I guess he was a major he, card player, wasn't he? He he was, and and there was he he gambled too. There was some. I guess he. I don't know if it was card playing, but he was a gambler. He yeah, was. Uh, my was, I mean, so terribly inconsistent with his background, but yeah. My, my understanding, he made enough money gambling and playing cards in the, that he was able to bankroll his, role, his run for Congress from it. I, I, I believe that. We had that one night as a question yes. about Nixon, and uh, it, it surprised all of us to know that he was a gambler. Oh, is <laughs> he? Really? Really? Okay, well, so let we, me think. We have four. Where we go? Well, uh, well actually, if if we um, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. I think there are. Oh, it 
don't don't wait. One. Oh, one, two. Uh, two, three, four, five. And we actually have seven here. Well, I I know he I, I know he crafted playing in World War Two, and I, I'm yes. I'm a, I'm assuming George Herbert Walker Bush. That is correct. That is correct. So he was in he was the Navy Flyer. Okay, so that's five. Mm-hmm. That's three, right? Right. <laughs> okay. I I think we have seven names here. They misidentified. Okay. Um. Officers in the Navy. All right. One. <laughs> two. Three. Four, five, six. Okay, six plus. Well, um, Reagan was in the Navy. Movies that count. Reagan in, in the yeah. movies, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's a good one. Can we count Ronald Reagan in movie career when he played in the <laughs> Navy? <laughs> no, I don't think he was an officer. <laughs> uh, Franklin Roosevelt, by the way, is in addition to the sixth president. Okay, so he's the bonus. Okay. Um, hmm. Another secretary of the Navy. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Actually, assistant secretary, does that count? Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I guess okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of... Well, you know, if you think about history, we had all these Army guys early. It took a while for yeah. the Navy to catch up. Um... The Navy, the Navy caught up with John Kennedy. But so they, all of these presidents are after John Kennedy, and of course, you know Franklin Roosevelt yeah. and and the other one who goes along with him. But you think at the beginning the army had a head start. Oh my goodness, we had people in the Revolutionary War. Yes. Okay. Now you got to hurry up because we're we're um, come on. Fred, you're the teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have a feeling it's the last few are uh, at least a couple of them are going to be obscure. Oh, uh, well, shall we roll the dice? I'm not James What would you guess, Fred? James Harding, that's just a guess. Harding. He wants to throw Harding on the table, Patricia. Harding. Harding. Governor, you're President Harding. Who died in office? Did he come after John Kennedy? No. <laughs> you weren't listening to the teacher, were you, Fred? <laughs> okay, I, I want to throw Joe R. Ford onto the table. It is correct. All Joe right. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh... And that means, in terms of presidents, we're down to one. Okay, so what. Let's roll the dice here. He's out. He's out in the ocean for me. You have to interpret, Walden. Johnson. Johnson. I agree. That's what we're gonna get. We both want. Lyndon Johnson. You all right. Plus Roosevelt as assistant secretary of the Navy, and Teddy Roosevelt was assistant secretary of the Navy. So we have six presidents who actually served as officers, and the two President Roosevelts as. Assistant Secretaries of the Navy. I am really surprised Teddy was Secretary of the Navy, considering he was part of the uh, the Rough Riders. I w- I would think, you know, I mean, oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Now, which is why um, I didn't say it. Because you understand that everything on the internet is correct. Well, we have. You think of rough, you know, you think of army. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm pretty confident on this side. I've never found anything 
and I've checked a bunch of them, and I have never found anything incorrect on this site. So that's a great <laughs> you know, question. History. That's a great question, Patricia. Oh, good. Great question. Oh, excellent. And how about? Nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Fred? Now that we've taken care of all of the critical stuff in the world, yep. how are you? This is Fred I'm in Vermont, and we haven't heard from you forever. Of course, you haven't heard from me either. Uh, well, basically, I was last in June, June 9th, I remember the day exactly, it was last day of school. Uh-huh. And uh, I just got done tutoring, it hadn't been two hours, and I was crossing the road, um, actually lost my wallet, I was looking for it. Okay. It ended up turning up, but across the road, went from one side of the road to the other, and I get, I get over to the other side of the road, I step rock on my foot, my ankle turns, and my, my ankle snaps in two places. Oh, my gosh, Fred. So I broke in two spots, and I, been, I was in rehab for a month. Oh, boy. For like a month and a half. Keeping those guys busy. Fred, what um, kind of a phone are you using tonight, please? Uh, i got to keep moving it closer. I'm, I'm on speaker, that's the problem. Your speaker phone, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so are you still... It's I, not coming through clear at all. So are you still in pain? Or have to well, re- I'm on the home stretch now. I did, I did 90 days without remembering, and I'm on... i got 25 left before I get the cast off and start putting weight. Not really. The pain kind of went away after a couple of weeks. Okay. I've just been bored to death. I can't walk. <laughs> so I'm bored stiff. The whole summer vacation has been for a while. We have to now I'm up in my room, you know, pretty much. So yeah. you're so you're ready. Yeah. You, so once you get the task off, you're ready for vacation then. Yeah, really. Yeah. I go back to work. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm gonna start working a week before I get it off. He's gonna he's gonna come to the house and get tutored here for a while. Well, that's, that's, oh, a that's, new, a break. that's called homeschooling, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't listen to work, I guess. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> you get two points for that one. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. Well, Fred, I am sorry you are so beaten up. Yeah, I wasn't sorry. You didn't even have to have a second person do it to you. Well, the worst part of it is it's, it's, just, it's so stupid. It was just nothing. You know, walking across the road. Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, but you can't do anything. So that's the worst part, too. You know, there used to be a joke. You know, chicken walking the road, Fred walked the road. So what can I say? That's right. <laughs> yeah, why did you cross the road to get to the other side? <laughs> and you didn't make it. Actually, yeah, really oh, said, dear. Uh, this way you never say this kind of stuff. It's been a bad day, and I and I basically had said out loud to myself. Well, a few adjectives that I won't say over the air, uh-huh. but it didn't get any worse. You never, it never stopped you before. Yeah, well, it's stopping me now. Okay. <laughs> I basically said this day couldn't get any worse. I said that to myself like two minutes before it happened. Well, I, I'm a big believer when it rains, it pours. Everything comes at once. So in your uh, case, it happened all that same day, Fred. It was almost like somebody was saying, oh, yeah, I'll try this out for size. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for worse. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much, oh, you, you know, it, it, I mean, the good news was I didn't have to spend all summer in rehab because when they told me 90 days without weight, I thought for sure I'd have to spend the whole Whoa. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's a biggie. Yeah. 
I mean, normally, see, like if it happened to, you know, most people, um, they basically would have operated on it. You're not most it. people, I agree. Uh, they would have operated on it, and then they would have uh, given you a pair of crutches in the morning and said, go home, stay uh-huh. off it. But I can't use crutches. My left leg is, is bad. You know, with my arthritis, I can't put all my weight on my other foot. They're afraid I'd break that ankle. I'm basically... We, we just need to put you in Walden's role of bubble wrap. You know, yeah. I just decided in order to become part of the, member, the family member of, of the Saturday Night family, we're all very special people. We all have some unique trait, don't we? We all have... This is, this is true. We, we have all had to go through uh, some kind of, of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you take your pick. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, Fred, I am so sorry you are going through so much, but I do have to give you a gold star because you did very well on the president's tonight. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> like history. Well, you? <laughs> you are a history buff. Yeah, I'm running out on something. What else could I do but read, right? That's true. <laughs> you and Patricia, you're both, you're, you're, you two lead the reading part of what the family. What happened to you? I sure will now. Well, Patricia's uh, gone her through her stuff the last two months. Has it been two months, my dear? Um, it started in early June. Yeah. July, uh, you know, two months. Well, what'd you do? What happened? Uh-oh. Did we lose Patricia? I think, I we, think we did. I think we did for a second there. Anyway, her her bot her kidneys went down, went on the blink for a while. Oh, yeah. Good. So that was that was not that was no fun. That's not fun at all. No. So that's what happened to her. So she keep on going through rehab. Yep, we lost her. She's been going through rehab and everything else. So she back home here in the last month or so. So she she was what I I as a speak that the rehab centers are no fun. That's true. Jaws Professional, Patricia from Apple Tab, Skype Trades Tab, Select Touch Tab, Walden View Tab, Search Edit, Search, Unread Messages, Bill Brad, Patricia from FL Home, Phone the Applications, Send View Profile, Rename, Remove, Add the Link, Mark as a Block List, View Old, Remove, Icon Call, Send SF View Pro, Rename, Remove, Add the Link, Mark as Unread on Block List Person, View Old, Remove from Contacts. Alt page down, leaving menus, contacts, list box, alt tab, Patricia from F, alt page down. Alt tab, Skype trademark, left bracket tab, select the changed tab, Walden U tab, search edit, search, unread messages, Bill Bragg, Bill enter, Bill Bragg, and call button. Alt tab, Skype trademark, tab, select the change tab, Walden U's dollar tab, search edit, act, favorite. Sammy, Martin, Ed Clue, Patricia from Applications, Con, Send, Invite the Printer, Leaving Menus, Contacts, List Box, Patricia from FL Home, Phone Number, Favorite, 5 of 222, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg. Huh. Oh, I'm wondering we're having a little weirdness here. Let me hang up on that. Alt page down, menu bar, Skype. 
Alt tab, application, leaving menu, alt tab, Skype trademark, left rat tab, select a chain tab, Walden News tab, search as active favorite, Sammy Martin, Ed Clue, Patricia, for Bill Bragg, build enter, Bill Bragg, and call button. Okay, I think I'm in there. Alt tab, Skype trademark tab, online tab, Walden News tab, search as active favorite. Sammy Martin Ed Clute Patricia from FL Home Applications Con send invite to enter leaving menus contacts list box put unloading job cans okay enter Ah well we'll pick up the phone and see if that working well Hey what? Yeah well I'm gonna see for back on Okay, I think what happened, I think Skype dumped us out, so I think we disconnected Bill Bragg and Patricia. Let me see if I raise it on the air. That's what I'm trying to find out, if we're on the air or not. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Oh, here he is. Don't hear anything there. Uh, let me try again. If not, maybe we're, maybe we're down in Texas. Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Paul Tab, Skype Trademark Tab, Online Tab, Walden News Dollar Tab, Search Edit, Active Favorite, Sammy J Martin, Ed Clute, Patricia from Bill Bragg, Bill Enter, Bill Bragg, and Call Button. Okay, let me put a little music on, see if that give me a clue for on or off. I don't, I don't hear anything on my, my feed here. Oh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Hold on. To know you is to love you, and I love you, cause I know you are such a sweetheart, that when you walk down the street, everyone's heart just naturally skips a beat, the others... Yeah, I'm not here, I wonder if they got, I know they're having bad weather in Texas, I wonder if that... But it was out. That could be. Yeah. I know before I called you, uh-huh. the guys you were talking to before, you went out for like 15, 20 seconds and came back on. Interesting. I'm going to see if I can get the station back on because it's sure I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. You might have it right off. I might. <laughs> I might. Oh, there it is. Sears Radio Theater. Okay, that's the station. Yep. Okay, good. I can call Kim.
Where is she here? Escape. Alt tab. Skype trademark tab. Online tab. Walden Hughes tab. Search edit. Active favorite. Sammy J Martin Ed Clute. Patricia from Frank Gressy. John Gass. Frank Patricia. Ed Clute. Phone number. Alt page down. Menu. Menu. Skype menu. Online stat. Alt tab. Leaving menus. Contacts list. Alt tab. Bill Bragg. Bill Bragg. Alt tab. Skype trademark left tab. Online tab. Walden Hughes tab. Search edit. Search. Patricia, Bill Bragg, Bill dot enter, Bill Bragg, and R button. Alright, I'm in. The old music on, and I'll kick over the station, see if that will fix it. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Let's see here. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. Just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket. Pocket full of starlight, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. And just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket full of starlight. Pocket full of starlight. <laughs> Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. For when your troubles start multiplying, and they just might, it's easy to forget them without trying. With just a pocket full of starlight, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy
find a wheel And it goes round, round, round As it skims along With a happy sound As it goes along the ground, ground, ground Till it leads you to the one you love Then your love will hold you round, round, round In your heart's a song With a brand new sound And your head Go spinning round, round, round Cause you found what you've been dreaming of In the night you see the oval moon Going round and round in two And the ball of sun in the day Makes a girl and boy wanna say Find the ring And put it round, round, round And with ties so strong With two hearts you bound Put it on The one you found, found, found For you know that this is really love Find a wheel And it goes round, round, round As it skims along With a happy sound as it goes Along the ground, ground, ground Till it leads you to well, let's see if Bill, Bill find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Bill should be down by the board. Kim's outside. So, so, that's true. So, you were just doing a lot of reading, huh, Fred? Yeah, a lot of reading. <laughs> Wow. I can't, I can't drive. I can't. So I'm pretty much stuck up here at, at the whim of other people to come get me out of the house. Sure. Tomorrow, Fred's going to come take me to an air show. That'll be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah, hopefully they'll still have it. They, it was uh, today and tomorrow. They canceled today because of the weather. Sure, hopefully it'll be okay tomorrow. Yeah, I'm hoping. They got, yeah. They're going from 11 to 4 with the final... Also, how close to the ground they they come. I know it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sure. Can you imagine being a 21-year-old kid? That's what you do for a job. Nope. Nope. Guy have iron. You have guy have water in your veins to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, Bill. Hey, Walden, you hello, there? Hello, Bill. Can I hear you? Hey, Walden, where hello, are you? I'm here, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hey, Siri. Hello, Bill. 
call Walden Hughes at home. Call Bill. Hello. I can hear you. That's right. That's yeah. And uh, can we get somebody else on and see if uh, uh, see if I can hear them? Okay, well, Fred, let me, let me call another person. Let me, let me get Patricia on. Hold on. Yeah, get her on. Yeah. Fred, let me give you a call back later. Okay. All right. Uh, let me wait. Call Patricia here. All right. But you can't hear me, right? That is correct. I cannot hear you. Well, we have an interesting phone test. We look like there's something went out in Texas. So, uh, yeah. So, yep. Well, Bill's downstairs, so he went, he can't hear us, but we can hear him. So I'm gonna put you in. So hold on. All right, Bill. I have Patricia and I over here. Okay. Hello, Patricia. We got you out of Hello, Patricia. Hello, Bill. Hello, Patricia. Nope. Bill can't hear us. Oh. I, I, only, uh, I only see you uh, connected. Right, can I have Patricia on the phone? Oh, you have her on the phone. Yeah. So, well, um, sounds like uh, everything's on your end. Let me uh, see if I can Skype into somebody else. Who else is, uh, is awake that we can Skype into? John Lurie. Okay, or or have them call in to me. Okay, I'll do that. Let me hang. Let me hang. Let me hang up on Skype here. On yeah, have, have have John or Larry call in. Okay, and let's see if I can talk to them. Okay, I'll do that. So all right, all right. Bye. I'm gonna hang up here on you, Bill. Okay, okay. I'm I'm hanging on. All right. You want me to hang up, Walden? I'll call you back later, my dear. That, no sense. No sense hanging you loose for now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Page down, menu bar, Skype. I think we're having board trouble down in Texas. Board trouble. So could you or John Skype Bill? He's down there. He can't hear me. I can hear him. I got Larry, so I'm going to have him Skype you, Bill. Yeah. How about that?
You don't see Bill? Okay. I had no problem. I could hear Bill just fine. Correct. Okay. Well, maybe something on Skype over here. Nobody? I guess I could. Well, why don't I Skype you, just to make sure, you know. Okay. Alright. Alright. Alt Control J, leaving menu, Alt Tab, leaving menus, Bill Bragg, type of Alt F4. Alt Tab, Skype trademark, Alt F4, Patricia from FLO, Alt F4. Alt Tab, Patricia from Alt F4. Alt Tab, Patricia from Alt F4. Alt Tab, registration, Alt Tab, replay radio, Alt Tab, replay, Alt Tab, Skype trademark, left Bragg, Alt F4, registration, Alt Tab, replay radio, Alt Tab, replay, Alt Tab, Skype trademark, left Bragg, Alt F4, registration, Alt Tab, replay, Alt Tab, Skype trade, Alt Tab, Soundforge Pro, Alt Tab, registration, Red, Alt Tab, replay radio, Alt Tab. Windows M, Desk S, CKX S, Soundphone S, Spurtback S, Spotify S, Skype Check, Enter, Skype Trademark, Left Bracket 34, Right Bracket, Dash Walden, Hughes, Contacts, List Box, Bill Bragg, Bill Bragg 3, Online, Frank Rest, John Gas, Unread Messages, Larry Gasman, Larry Gasman, Online, Fa Enter, Larry Gasman. <laughs> Down menu bar Skype. You want to see if you bring me in? Larry Gasman calling, Larry Gasman calling, Larry Gasman calling, Larry Gasman calling. 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 Larry Gasman calling.
Sorry, Bill and I were talking to each other. Yeah, that's okay. I was just I figured you would do that. So you hear me? Now, are you running something now? No. So we're on the air? Nope. Uh, the automation system's over. Oh. Okay. Hang on. Let me let me grab Bill for a second. Let me see. Let me see if I can get him. Uh, what happened, Patricia? And I was challenged. Then I heard a whole Skype dumped out. Yeah, let's see what happens now. Larry Gassman, there you are. Yeah. Walden, okay, here. Bill? I'm here. Hey, Walden, are you hear me? I, I can hear you fine, Bill. Okay, I hear you fine. Uh, you fine, too. Well, I got uh, 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 Patricia on the phone. Let's see if we can get her in. Uh, uh, shall I tell her to hang up on the phone? Yeah, tell her to hang up on the phone. Patricia, hang up on the phone. We got John and Larry. I mean, we got Walden and Larry so far. So hang up, and we'll get, we'll get you into here. All right. Turn the. Okay. I like it so far. I like it when it works this way. Larry Gassman, type a app from Larry Gass app. Send file app. Skype trademark app. Online app. Walden use dollar third app. Search ed. Active favorite. Sammy Martin Ed Clue Patricia from App Applications. Cont send view property name. Remove add to market block it view all. Remove hide call. Send this view property name. No. Remove from favorites. I can't find you this way. Oh. I. You didn't set it up, Larry. He can't bring her on. Oh, that's right, because I, I. You call. So he can't bring her on. I know. Well, you can call her. Would you want me to call her, uh, Walden? Ah, uh, might as well. From Larry Gassman, group call sent on Saturday, August 13th, 2016, 831.47 p.m. Shoot. I get, yeah, what's your number? I'm not looking it up. Uh, 239. Yep. 274. 274? Uh-huh. Okay. 83.61. From Larry Gassman, Larry Gassman added Patricia from FL Home, sent on Saturday, August yeah. 13th, 2016, 8.32, 24 p.m. Hi there. Hello. Hi. How are we? Uh, I guess better. I don't know why we weren't before, but we are now. Well, it sounds well, good okay. here to me. Okay. Okay. I guess. Well, shall we uh, stand by to go in the air? Yeah, here? might as well. Okay. All right, stand by here. Unloading junk cans. Oh, enter. Hi, Larry. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are All you right, doing? All right, I'll stand by. Here we All go. right, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Did anybody get you out of bed? Oh no, 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 no. Okay. Okay, here we go. Stand by. Okay. Okay. And hello once again, everyone. We're back on the air. This is Bill Bragg in Texas. Uh, we got uh, Patricia in Florida. 
We got the Gasmans in California and Walden. Why don't we do a radio show? It, you know, it's amazing, Bill, what you did to get us back on the air. I know. And, and we have no clue as to what you did. In fact, I got a feeling you don't either, but whatever happened, it worked. Well, I had to get up first and uh, find my house shoes. And then I got my robe. And then it's, by then it started working. Walden, how do you feel about getting Bill out of bed just so you can go on the air? Uh, considering I've had, can I've waking Bill and Kim at four in the morning and six in the morning he's over done the years. That many times, I don't, I don't have any guilt feelings about it at all. No, <laughs> he's, and he does, and he's, uh, he always gets me on the first ring, especially, especially when it's after midnight. I, I think you ought to, I think you ought to take something out of his salary, don't you? Yeah, really. I'll take his phone away from him. Better. Than <laughs> oh, that would kill him. <laughs> Would, you know, you know, you know, you know, I haven't had a long vacation in 17 years. I mean, it, you know, I could, yeah, I could. Know, it's, been, it's, it's been that long. <laughs> it's been longer for us. Uh, seems like only yesterday. <laughs> what thing? I want you all to know I was flying solo. Dan in Indiana sent an email and said, Walden dropped off, but I kept saying, are you there? And he could hear that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Walden just—he um, just disappeared. Off it, 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 was, it was—it was very strange. I could hear Bill; he couldn't hear me. It was like part of the Skype feed went out, and I don't know why. Yeah. It was the audio Bermuda Triangle. Oh well, see, yeah. now I could have just flown solo and just kept everything going and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, the questions that people couldn't answer because no one could get through. Yeah, you could have just kept everything going, including my night's sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Walden's fault. Well, thank you, Bill, for making the big trip okay, down. That's what I'm here thank, for. Thank you. Y'all for carry on. Me. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna try to learn my new phone. I got one of those. I had to. I had to trade for a new phone. Um, you know the, the 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 you know the iPhone's only got one button on it, right? Yeah. What phone did you get? Well, I got the. I guess the latest and the greatest. It's not the real big one, but it's, it's the, the i6. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. The 6s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think that's, I think that's. That's what a good it is. one. Yeah, that's a good one. But uh, you know, they've only you know, iPhone has only got one button, right? Right. Well, guess what happened to my old phone? The button oh. died. The button went out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can make a you can make a um, a virtual button on the screen. And move it around oh. anywhere you want it, and uh, but that's very unhandy for me, and that would really be unhandy for John and Larry and Walden and yeah. several other people I know. What a day! What a day, Patricia. If I, I, if I had a phone, it might it might work for me, but I don't have one. Patricia TV. Yeah. Patricia TV went out tonight. Your phone went out. We're just having a wonderful technical incident. What can I say? Yeah. Right, yeah. and uh, let, I tell you, we'll. we'll um, I'm, I'm really having fun with this phone because it <laughs> apparently it listens 24 seven and uh, without even, you know, it's got the one button on it. And the first thing they had to do was to, um, is to teach it my fingerprint. Right. And once they taught it my fingerprint, then if I use my index finger on my right hand, I can just push it and it'll come open. Yep. Now if I use any other finger, I'll have to enter my my uh, passcode. 
you, actually, you could use a, a couple of fingers if you want. You could use two or three fingers if you want. Well, as long as you set up a finger first. It that call. Right. It exactly. that call. Also, because the index finger is the one that always gets caught in the door or smashed yeah. with a hammer. Yeah, but if right. that call, if that call finger licking good. Yes, that's actually, exactly. oh, so you took the words right out of my mouth. And it's it's pretty good. I mean, I if you're if you didn't wash your finger or if you've got a little bit of dust on it, it won't recognize it, and then you have to type in the code. Right, right. But uh, I'm, I've been having uh, I've been having a lot of fun with this thing, and uh, and I and I especially like 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 I'm just holding it in my hand. It, it appears to be turned off, but when I talk to her, she comes alive. Now listen to this. Hey, Surrey, how far is it from Dallas to Costa Mesa, California? Costa Mesa is about 1,429 miles from Dallas by car, or about 1,222 miles as the crow flies. Is that amazing? I didn't touch a thing. <laughs> it's amazing. She can get all of that right, but she can't pronounce Costa Mesa. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice guy. Bill, ask her what the what the football score was between the Dallas Cowboys and the Rams tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't, do I want to know? <laughs> no, not if you're a football fan. It was know. actually a pretty good game. It was the Rams okay, game. Okay, well, hold on here a minute now. Uh, San Francisco, is that who they played? No, the Rams. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles football score. Yeah, Dallas and Los Angeles football score. Okay, here we go. Hey, Surrey, what's the final score on the Dallas-San Francisco football game? Football coming up. San Francisco oh. defeated Dallas by a score of 23-6 to on August 23rd, 2015. <laughs> oh, she went back and She went back. Wow. Scary. This is scary. Yeah. She found it. But that was last that was year. Last, yeah, that was last year. But tonight, oh. played the Rams. Oh, okay. Um... Why don't I just do this? Let me let me do this here. Hey Siri, what was the final score of the Cowboy game? The Cowboys lost a close one to the Rams today. The final score was twenty to twenty-four. You know, ask asking you shall receive. Wow! Yes, yeah. Get what you ask for. That's right. This is incredible. Hey Siri, where was I born? I didn't know. I heard a bell. I heard a beep. So she's coming through loud and clear. Okay, good. <laughs> is Walden? Shut up and listen. Yeah, Walden's not. Walden's, Walden's not. But... Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let me think. I don't, I don't know that it knows where I live. Oh, um, I, bet uh, it does. I bet it does. Hi, Siri. What is my address? Hold on. Oh, okay. Hey, Siri. What is my address? You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. Oh, uh, yeah, and if you've got... Uh, Here we go. Here's your address. Maybe she doesn't understand the pronoun. She gave me my address. It's right there on the screen. It's on the screen. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. My address this is on the screen. freaky. Oh, it, it is, it's just amazing what this thing can do. Uh, and, um, um, you'll find me under my rock crying. Now, okay, oh. Bill, ask her what Patricia's address is. Oh, no. It won't, oh, no, it won't, no, no, no. Oh, don't do that. Please don't, don't do that. Don't no, do that. She won't know. She won't know. No, don't Let's do don't it. Take don't a even chance. try no. 
That's what Walden. You can ask what Walden had dresses. No, boy, I I really I really pushed a nerve here with Patricia. You pushed a button here. (laughs) But she would not. uh, Let me try this, guys. Let's see here. Hey Siri, who was the third president of the United States of America? Sonny, tell us. Checking on that. The answer is Thomas Jefferson, from March fourth, eighteen oh one, to March fourth, eighteen oh nine. Why go to school? Why learn to read? <laughs> that is my question. Why how bother to go to school? <laughs> oh, how, well, how much did this cost? Uh, uh, it was. It wasn't all that expensive. Well, that that's relative. <laughs> twenty nine yeah. cents right now is expensive to me. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's twenty dollars a month. But what 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 we uh, what we did was. Uh, um, the button, the only button that I had on the other phone was bad. So that when, when you lose one button, it's terrible. So I went to, went to the iPhone store and I, I hadn't gotten, I've been, they've been wanting me to death to upgrade and, you know, come on in and renew again and upgrade. We'll give you all this. And da, 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 da. I just been ignoring them. So I went over there and they said, well, you know, and then I, and this phone was like, um, it was fairly expensive, about three, three, four hundred dollars, something like that. Without any rebates or anything. Like yeah, that. without any rebates, exactly. And um, so um, he said, "Well, let me uh, let me see what I can do here uh, on a, on getting you an iPhone uh, for for nothing. Let's, let's see what we can do." And so um, we we uh, so he started bargaining around, and I said, "Well, let me just uh, let me have uh, this one right here." And it won't cost me anything out of pocket. And uh, so that's what we did. And uh, the thing is just, I mean, it's just absolutely marvelous. And, uh, you know, it's so handy. I mean, you can, uh, uh, you know, you can be driving uh, from point A to point B, you know. How many times you wonder, golly, when am I going to get there, you know. And you, all you got to do is just ask her, how long would it take me to, how long is it going to take me to get to blah, blah, blah. And she'll know where you are, yeah. even if you don't. Through GPS, yeah. Yeah, and then she'll um, then she'll tell you how how long it would be. And it's a small. I'm having a panic attack here. Yeah, this it's, is it's downright scary. Uh, well, it, and it's it's darn right handy too. I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> it's a <laughs> doggone handy. And well, Mike's uh, got one of those nice. too. Yeah, and um, it's um, I mean it's it's just. Uh, it's, After what it's, I had for dinner. <laughs> you get the okay, same answer as if you if you if he had asked what what your address is. She doesn't know because she doesn't know who you. No, don't even play with it. <laughs> well, uh, but, well I, I will say this: uh, if she's a contact, then it would it would check the contacts. And oh, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not a contact. Episode. How do you know? The whole world is a contact in my phone. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Please, now I'm that's scary. Do that. that is uh, scary, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, for example, we, we all know what, uh, everyone knows what Walter's address is. Yeah, right. yeah. So, okay, Tell, okay, okay, yeah, go with mine. Here. Okay, here we go. Hey, Surrey, what is Walden Hughes' address? Cogitating. I found something on the web about what is Walden Hughes' address. Check it out. Oh, and it's got a, yeah, it's got a, thing for me to check out here from yesterday usa and uh, let's see um hello sari check my contacts and tell me what walden 
where Walden Hughes lives. You have to push the button. I don't think you pushed it. Yeah, I'm sure I won't. Okay. Hello, Siri. Tell me where Walden Hughes lives. Oh, yeah, I got to punch the button there. Yes. Get out of that. Yeah, sorry about that. Hello, Siri. Nope. What is Walden Hughes' address? Come on. Wait a minute here. Let me just turn it off. It didn't ding. Okay. Yeah, Hello, Siri. What is Walden Hughes' address? Maybe I'm not declassified yet. No, she, did, it didn't, well, didn't, she didn't hear me. It didn't ding. Hello, so Siri. Are you there? She toned well, I, down. I, I turn it off by chance. No, there it is. Hello, Siri. <laughs> are you there? She went to bed. <laughs> is there anybody on Apparently the so. <laughs> Hello, there, Siri. Are you there? Is there anybody on the end? Isn't there? Well, we could do this all night, but trust me, I can get anything I want. I know you could. It's not when I want it. That's the only thing. You know? Yeah. Yep. All right. Good night, Bill. All right. See you on the radio. Carry on. Thanks, okay. Bill. That is downright scary. It can be. It is. But you don't put anything in there. You don't want other. Oh, right. my word. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, we are back live. I'm not too sure what happened. Uh, on my part, Skype, half of Skype went out. So, in other words, <laughs> I could hear Bill. Bill couldn't well, hear we're me. I'm not worried about it. You seem to be, though. The audience needed to know what happened to us. Hello there. You're on with Patricia, John, Larry, and Walden. And Siri and Bill. <laughs> the whole world. Hello, Joyce. Hello, you guys. Well, hey, Bill, get back down here and ask Celeste what her address is. I, I'm so sorry I didn't get to hear the end of the of the Sears Playhouse. <laughs> oh. Now I'll never know if that rich Frenchman ripped off all the money. <laughs> well, which which one was it, Celeste? Which one was it? And we'll find it and play it. <laughs> it's the one that had the it's the one that had the Lone Ranger in it, Larry. You know that. Oh, that narrows it down. <laughs> There's so many I haven't it's, heard. It's about a Frenchman, and we. But see, I don't know enough yet. We suspect he's really a bad guy, and he married a rich American woman and came over here to the U.S. And the mother is trying to do business with him, and that's as far as we got. Uh oh. Sounds Am ominous. I in the, to, it sounds very ominous. Yes, very, so very scary. So, so, I'm guessing he's gonna rip her off. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm what I'm assuming is what we broke in with everybody with a serious radio theater, even though we were having so much fun behind the scene. We did. Yeah, I kind of figured out that it was a serious radio theater. Must have been. But I don't know what it's called. What? Who's, yeah, I don't know what it was called, so I'd have to go back and figure it out. I I don't know. I think it was called the Duke of something. He's a Frenchman that married a. Okay. I I, yeah. I don't think I got the title of the, it. The, I don't think the title. Okay, of it. I can I can find it probably if Duke is in the title. <laughs> I'll look. <laughs> Maybe so. I'm not. I'm not. It, it wasn't very good. I'm not really anxious to hear it. <laughs> 
You can wait for the go-around. I can, I can wait. I can wait. Don't worry. It's That's not funny. as though it's... It, it's not as though it's Johnny Dollar or something. I'm really, I'm really right, and, and that one we could find. Celeste, <laughs> I have a gift for you. Of what? Celeste, I yes. have a word gift for you. Oh dear, what is it? <laughs> now, I've, I've been. I, this, Every one of these for the last couple of months has come from my local news station. Oh, dear. I, I cross my heart. These are newscasters who are doing this stuff. Okay. They were talking about... Now, more, remember, we have to start out with more importantly. <laughs> oh, well, okay. All right. Very importantly, with this very importantly... Oh, these okay. contaminants in yeah we we have we were talking about contaminants in water so we'll start out with interestingly and very importantly <laughs> those were my words <laughs> these contaminants in water can cause high blood pressure obesity and even cancer in your body <laughs> can i mean I, I in your body in your body? I don't know where else it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> even can and even cancer in your body. Okay. So that's my gift that's my gift for this week. Yes, very, very good. Well you know actually that's what I called you in Walden about because you know I have my masters in Spanish and I could teach both of you a little bit of Spanish Every week, and you would soon be good Spanish speakers. Ah, what do you want? How, what do you think? I know you I'm, don't I'm all for that. Do it, if you don't but... mind giving out D's and F's. <laughs> Celeste? Yes. Celeste? Yes. Was it the Duke of Mebers? That's it, exactly. From, uh -huh. it, was, it was done on Melinda's birthday, April 16, 1979. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we'll play it. We'll find it. We'll, we'll find some time and play it. Oh, Make you sure don't. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't that good. Larry. I, you mean it wasn't that good? I guess right? not. It, was, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good, Larry. <laughs> Just leave okay, it alone. We'll, we'll, we'll pretend to play it. Okay. I don't have to have it. But knowing okay. you, you'll probably play it anyway. Oh, no, right. Well, we might, right after the Lone Ranger. <laughs> good, good, good. That would make me have two winners in a row. <laughs> now, oh, the reason why I tell you you could learn Spanish is because both of you have very, very good English grammar. And once you learn how to conjugate verbs, then it's just memorizing the uh, name of nouns like the door is la puerta or la casa or el restaurante or la calle, the street. If you learn to conjugate verbs in Spanish, then you just add in the noun. And it's much easier to learn than English. Much easier English to is learn. English do you know what the Romance languages are? Well, Italian, 
Yeah. Italian? <laughs> yes. French? Yes. I would say Spanish. Yes. How many are there? There are five of them. Romania okay, and three. Portugal are the I, I got three. Uh, you got three, three out of five. Uh-huh. Portugal and Romania are the other two. Now, the way this came to be was, remember, when Rome invaded the world, conquered all yeah. those places, those people already had their language that they were speaking, but the Romans forced them to learn, uh, uh, what am I thinking, uh, to learn... Uh, Italian. Not Italian. No, 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 not Italian. To learn Latin. They, they made them. They made them learn Latin, but since they already had their own languages, they put their own spin on the Latin that mm-hmm. they were learning. So that made each country sound different. And we Are borrowed you... from all of them to create English. Yes. Yeah. 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 But if you if you just really all of you all have a good grasp of, of English grammar, and I really think I could teach you to speak, you know, not not like I do because it took me years to learn, but just simple Spanish, you can really learn it easily. All you have to do is conjugate the verb I, you, he, she, it, we, and they. See, the we and they are the plurals. And then you conjugate whatever verb it is that goes after it. I am your challenge. No. (laughs) No, I bet you can do it. I bet you can do it. I have a French teacher who will tell you I am. (laughs) You can do this because you have a Latin teacher who would sign the paper, too. You have excellent gram- you have excellent English grammar skills. See the the difficult thing is to teach Spanish to people who don't have good English language. Yes. That's yes. the tough thing to do. But when it's like you yes. or Walden or other people you know, you you could learn this. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. I ought to send you a little booklet and make you learn one thing every week. <laughs> sounds like homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would pass Wait a it. Minute. You, you would pass it. How are you feeling, honey? I'm doing okay. Are you? Still doing yeah. exercises? Yeah. Say that again, please. Still doing your exercises? Well, I'm not as good as I was, but I'm doing what I need. <laughs> So, anyway, I'm upright. I'm walking. I made it through Sam's Club yesterday or the day before. Oh, good! Think, Very good. Oh yeah, and and truly, I'm I'm really good about that um, because walking in a hundred degree weather is not really a great thing. And when the sun goes down, it's pouring rain, and we've had we've had some real tropical stuff. So. I do my thing when I go to the supermarket. I park in the South Forty and walk a couple of blocks to get in the door. <laughs> so I'm I'm doing okay on that. Do you know I'm why I learned for at least Spanish? Two years. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, that's it. And I, I was saying you're going to have to put up with me for at least two more years. 
good. <laughs> we'll put up with you. We will do that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The thank reason you, thank why you. I learned Spanish is when I married my husband, my mother-in-law understood everything in English, but she was very shy, and she oh. only speaks Spanish. So I was a music major on my bachelor's degree. That's how I met my husband. But mm-hmm. um, I thought, well, for my electives, I'll just take Spanish, and I just caught on to it right away. So I got uh, on my bachelor's degree, I have a music major, Spanish minor. But then when I went back for my master's, I got it in Spanish. And I just absolutely loved it, you know. But it's because, you know, you, Walden, Larry, all of you, you speak very, very well. Your grammar's very good. And that means you can learn another language. I can learn it to you. I can learn oh, you Spanish. Ain't that grand? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that will be a grandly gift. All right, so we can we can we can try and learn Spanish. What do you want? You want to give it a shot, Patricia? No, no, <laughs> no. She doesn't see the embarrassing story. <laughs> sure, what the heck? Yeah, there the you go. Is, the <laughs> worst I can do is get a, a failure. Sure, <laughs> I can do that. I'm great. <laughs> And, you know, this is the thing, the most uneducated Spanish person, because of the way the Romance languages are set up, could never say, I seen them yesterday. That would be impossible to say in Spanish. Way to go. Even if you've never been to school or whatever, you know all the terrible grammar you hear in English. You can't oh. say Spanish. Oh. I'm, well, that's that's encouraging. Yeah, that's yeah. Encouraging. I'm reading a dreadful book right now. Uh huh. What is the sentence, the sentence structure is so out of sync with what we're accustomed to seeing, and I am looking at words that are pronounced that they're spelled the same, but they're pronounced differently depending on the meaning. For example, content and content. I am content, or here is the content of the book. And that's, every once in a while, something like that will remind me how, how challenging this language is yes. for people to learn. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, anyway, taught, I taught ESL in citizenship classes for years, and it's yeah. so difficult because my poor students would look at me and just say, like, you know, content and content. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> when I would teach them English and they would learn it, they'd say, Miss Guerrero, I was talking to a man who only spoke, spoke English the other day, and he said, I see him. How could you say that? And I'd say, please forgive him. He just doesn't know. <laughs> In other words, they would catch English speakers, you know, saying the wrong yes. verb. Yes. Oh, dear. Oh. dear. Well, we ain't got no good class here, you know? <laughs> we just ain't got no class. <laughs> we ain't got ain't. no class. Now, here's one you hear in English in Texas all the time. They ain't no good English speakers here. They ain't. You hear that? They, they ain't. ain't. Yeah. They just ain't. They ain't. 
Oh, oh. oh well. Okay, well, when you decide what our homework is, I will give it my best shot. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, I'll let somebody else. All right. Thank you, Celeste. All this discombobulation. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let somebody else call in, but I'll give you an assignment next week. Perfect. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you, Celeste. You have a great Bye. week. Bye-bye. Good night. And Patricia will be here for another 28 more minutes before we tuck her off to bed. And then yeah. we'll yeah, figure she's out. a long night waiting for Walden to call her back. Well, <laughs> actually, I think I am all alone on a Saturday night. And Wal, he doesn't call. He doesn't send flowers. <laughs> he didn't call. He didn't send flowers. He didn't do anything. Hello there. You're on air. Walden, why did you break the radio? Why did I break the radio? That's a good question. Um, okay, so I didn't ask that in Spanish. Otherwise, now he has to answer you. <laughs> Is this Gary? Yeah. Oh, okay. From the Great you White help Spirit. me, Gary, because, you know, my, my ears don't differentiate very well. Well, so how are we doing? Hmm? Well... Now that you're back on, you're doing fine. <laughs> now, Dan, Dan in Indiana sent an email that Walden disappeared, but you could hear me saying, is anybody out there? <laughs> if you would have just kept talking, you could have ran the whole program. You know? Wow. And I and you would know, have kept talking and sounded intelligent, at least, if I had known I was still on. Isn't that funny? Because Walden called you using Skype. Right. That's the weird part about this. You, Walden and you both should have gone down. Right. Because because supposedly Skype went down, Walden went down, but he called you on Skype and you could still be heard. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Okay. because I hooked up to Bill and called Patricia and right. I disappeared. But B- yeah. Bill, Bill and Patricia were on. Wow. But in the, on the first call, he couldn't hear me even though I was on your line. Interesting. Wow. Well, that would make sense. Uh, well, now now that we've got all the technicals yeah. figured out, everybody says, I don't know, and I think that's the best solution in the I, world. I think it was underscore Bill having fun with us. <laughs> uh, yes, for anyone who has who missed the information, underscore Bill, you've heard us talk about him so often, he passed away. And Larry is making fun here that <laughs> <laughs> underscore Bill is getting even with yep, us and absolutely. Making, making mischief. Well, we're sitting okay, so we're, 63 degrees hmm? up here. What the, what's your temperature? 63 degrees. Anybody close? Oh, no, I think we're 84, <laughs> 85. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 79. Oh, yeah? Oh, you were close to our high today, 75. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was about 94 here today. It'll be warmer tomorrow. I hear that Monday's supposed to be really cooking, starting on Monday. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, not where you live, Holden. No. No. We were not up as high as we have been. We only got to 90 today. Oh. That's not too bad for you the time of the year, Patricia. No, it wasn't. You know, we've had a couple of days where it was over 100 degrees, and that's really... Tipping over the top, even I start to wilt at that. I, I can't believe our, our temperatures. Uh, our hottest day is going to be Thursday, and it's going to be eighty. Wow! And, and you're what? going to be upset about that? 
this is usually a well we're yeah we're usually in our hottest part of the year right now so the, the from, okay. from the middle of July to to this point you know about the middle of August end of August Walden, since you live near the beach, has there ever been a day in your life of 50 years when you've said, boy, I wish we had air conditioning? No. Never? No. <laughs> um, you know, you're sickening, Walden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the Santa Ana's, you know, that's in the old Santa Ana days, that, but everybody was in the same boat. Um that doesn't mean you couldn't want air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> that but, is a non sequitur. I know. Well, I was trying. I was trying to think. Well, I asked a question. I was trying to, you know, fifty years times three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah, there's a lot of days. Uh, uh, I want air conditioning every day when the summer comes. Every day. I, oh, yeah. you know, and you know what, my, I, admit, my, I had it on a couple of days in the last month. My mom talked to a couple of, I didn't realize how expensive it is to get a, a brand new air conditioning system in a house. Oh, oh yeah, it is oh, now. You're it's between 10 and 20,000, well, depending yeah. on the size yeah. of the house. The one down here is between three to five. Oh, that's, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, probably that's is. That's very inexpensive, that's yeah. an inexpensive hookup there. There's a new air conditioning system. And it takes it from the roof. And I don't know quite, yeah. And I don't know quite how it works, but it, it's a brand new, and it's about $1,500, but it's, I guess it's, it's replaced central air. And I think it's, it sort of brings air in the room that you're going to be in and not, and, and doesn't use the room you're not going to be in. Right, yeah, there's, there's, uh, each individual room has its own unit, kind of. It's a zone, yeah. Yeah. So, and so some friends have gotten something like that for about 1500 But, you know, uh if it's, if it's a zoned system, that is incredible on pricing. A zoned system, I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars people pay for zoning on their homes. It, it's just, I mean, it, there's some of these places... In here, I don't know how they are in other parts of the country, but it is very common to have homes that are up to 10,000 square feet. I swear you need a golf cart to get from one side of the house to the other. Mm -hmm. When you start breaking a house like that up into zones, you're talking thousands and thousands per zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if that system for $1,500 can segregate areas of the home, that is a good deal. And let's face it, the house I live in, it's only 1,700 square feet. So, you know, compared to a 10,000 place, I can see why he gets... me in there. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know. You said you're sick, aren't you? I think I've got about 1,200 square You're 12. Larry, where are you guys? What's the, apart- what's the apartment over there? 1,100. Wow, you're double Patricia. Oh, you've got one and a half of me over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, more than one and a half. Yeah, but we don't have Walden's tapes either, so so there's a lot more room. What? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I, you don't have Walden's there too. We don't have all of Walden's tapes sitting in. in, oh, in his our tape. oh. Well, considering almost all of them are at one place now, are they? Yeah. You know, well, we ought. 
We should get Jackie on the get air. To a post office, Ron is going to start getting some more surprises. We should get Jackie on the air and talk to her about how she feels about her house being swallowed up by <laughs> tape. magnetic and CD. Digi- I'm, mm-hmm. I'm figuring it's, it's a, this is a great way to take, take advantage of blind people. They won't know. They got boxes and boxes <laughs> and boxes. Now, <laughs> really, if, if they have learned placement properly, mm-hmm. they'll have wonderful insulation in the wintertime as long as they're stacked properly. That's right. That's true. Good stuff. I, 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 I want, it'd be interesting to ask Ron to count how many boxes are in his man cave. It must be close to 60 by now. <laughs> I think man cave has gone away. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> no more man cave. So. There's, there's okay, just. Gary, the, what have you been up to this yeah. week? Oh, um, not much. I've uh, I've been listening to a book because um, it's a lot easier than sitting down and reading it. Because I it, wind up it falling. It is. It, it. I think I've only done that three times in my whole little life, and it was such a joy just to sit back, turn out the lights, put my feet up on the desk, and I go home with a book. I don't know why I haven't done it more often. Yeah, that's that's usually what I do. Is I, if I sit and I, I listen to books, if I'm not listening mm-hmm. to, uh, ra- you know, old-time radio or... Yeah. yeah. So Larry, are you a book listener? Oh, Yes. You are. I, I love to read. Sometimes I'll be reading a couple of books at a time. And, and, and I the, do that. Yeah. The, yeah, the mistake I read, I, I do though, is is I'll, I'll relax and say, I think I'll just kick back here and read. And the minute I lay down, I am generally asleep in two minutes. And so yeah. Melinda would never let me lay down, especially if she wanted to watch TV with me and talk about it mm-hmm. afterwards. And I'd feel mm-hmm. this little my little hand in my back pushing and I'd say why she said you're asleep I said no I'm not she said wake up I want to talk about the show when I had a television at night Perry Mason would come on and I'd always be asleep before I knew I knew who done it I don't have to worry about that anymore because you know who did it in all of them no because my television died (laughs) that's true I don't have to worry. Look at, uh, look at all the trials and tribulations I don't have to contend with. So now. are you going to get it fixed? No, fixed? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it downstairs. For the, cause I, it's, it's an old one, Larry. It oh, weighs a, about 60 pounds. It's a pounds. great big old bulky one. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And I have said so many times that I've got this thing about throwing things out that are perfectly good and working. Well, I can throw this thing out now. So, I bought a, I bought one a couple years ago, and it's a, it's one of those um, what do you call those flat screen TVs, and it hangs on the wall, and yeah. it's so light I can pick it up in one hand easily. Yeah, and yeah, I well, really like it. Getting getting one in is going to be a heck of a lot easier than getting this thing out. It weighs between fifty and sixty pounds. Oh my, yeah. I mean, it's when old. It's throw it out. fifteen years old. Yep. Yeah. So I can move into the modern age and have something that I can see. <laughs> well, you can always take a screwdriver and just break it down bit by bit and then throw it away in the trash. You know, I never thought about that, Walden. This is true. I would prefer not to have to do it, but that's a great idea. Throw it out in pieces. Mm-hmm. Except for when you start messing with the uh, the tube. 
that thing yeah. keeps a charge in it that you can still get shocked. You just got to watch that one part. Oh, considering I don't know anything about what's inside, I wouldn't even know which part not to touch. So I'll just wait for one of the guys to say, sure, I'd like to earn $10 and bring it to the dumpster for mm-hmm. you. That'll that'll work. And then you can start working on the computers. I have a couple of computers that have to go out as well. So anyhow. Well, Gary, thank you for calling, and thank you for By the way, oh, before you go, what book are you listening to? Um, it is called... The Remnant. It's a it's a four book series. Oh. And oh, who wrote, who wrote uh, that? It's uh, is that Stephen King? No, no. This is DJ Mallo. Uh, okay, it's a different. O-L-L-E-A. It's a different Remnant. Anyhow, it's um, it's a it's something that's happened to the world. And ninety percent of the people have died, and this guy, he's a uh, a military captain, and he was sequestered into a little house, and um, he he was given orders that after a certain amount of time, if he hasn't heard from his commander, then he's supposed to go out and then try to find survivors, and uh, and that's what he's doing now is finding survivors. And I'm in the second book, and outside of uh, a certain four-letter word that pops up all the time. It's a very good book. I don't know why they... they I don't know they why just, they put the... There's a couple of places that the word would be okay, but 90% of the time, it's, it's, it's a yeah. useless word. It's just gratuitous. Yep, I it sure agree. Is. I agree. And it, it's really destructive. I forgot you were our, our avid science fiction person. Yeah. So you're was, into your... Stuff there. I thought okay. maybe Dean, Dean Koontz had maybe written it too, because I thought he wrote a book about the Remnant, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, there is a movie called The Remnant, right? And then, uh, and then there's uh, the, the there's a TV TV series called The Return. With the, also there's a, a movie, and it's all basically all the same kind of stuff. The Rem, mm-hmm. The Remnant and The Return, but this this book here is is uh, is completely different. It's just, it's what's left of, um, uh, it seems like it's taking place like in, um, either Indiana or, or Ohio or someplace like in that area. And you can't put it down, right? Um, I forced myself to put it, to set it aside because mm. this particular, uh, book two is 11 hours long. Uh, book one was nine hours, and uh, see, book four is nineteen hours. Yeah, you know some of the Harry Potter books were like that. The the, the later ones, especially, were thir- twenty-five to thirty hours long. Yeah, and wow. you had to read them, you know, in pieces. And then the the next oh, wow. next series that I'm going to listen to is. Uh, um, it's uh, the first book is uh, one second after, and then the second book is one year after. Um, it's by William R. Uh, oh shoot, I can't pronounce his name. F O R S T C H E N. That's that's the next one I was going to listen to. 
I can't help you. And I can't uh, help you either. No, I I can make a so guess. Happy you can spell his name. I, people with names like that either did the right thing because their name is, or their names are unforgettable when you see them in print on the cover of a book, or they should have a pen name that's pronounceable. Yeah. This looks like it's almost German or something, but... It doesn't matter if it's a good book. So, okay, well, you go forth and do your reading like a good person. Yeah, and, um, between chapters, I, I always, you know, I'll have to get up and go do something, or yeah, I'll go to my old-time radios, and I guess still listen to my gun smoke and, and stuff like that. And stuff like that there. So. Okay. All right, well, you go behave yourself. Oh, I can't help it. The weather's cool. <laughs> You're oh. funny. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. You have a All good right. week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. And Patricia well, has 12... I have something for you, Walden. I guess we're making a station now. Patricia has 12 more minutes before North we... North Pole, Alaska. Yes. Oh, we have an announcement. North Pole, Alaska is one degree warmer than you are. <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? And it's going to be 78 tomorrow. Wow. Or it was 78. It was 78 today. So I, this is so much fun. How about that? Hello, Carl. You're on with Patricia. Boy, you really pushed the wrong button tonight, didn't you? I, uh, well, I, I'm getting blamed for everything. Well, it's all your fault. Of course. <laughs> Hello, this is Dan in Indiana. How are you tonight? I'm having a blast here. I thought we were on the Bell telephone hour there for a little bit. <laughs> Bill Black thought so, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I've said before, this show is, if nothing else, educational. And eclectic. Oh, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's good to hear everybody back online. Oh, yeah. I was beginning to have some doubts tonight. You were just having a big old party with everybody on. Well, we... Yeah, except you. Fred, poor guy. Fred and I were talking to each other for a long time without without everybody, so, so I'm glad we... Are you serious? You, you didn't realize that you had dropped off the air? Well, I heard... Boom! So we, we couldn't hear you, Patricia. So Fred and I we said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Everybody then, else could. No, we couldn't. And then, then we heard a boom. I had disconnection. So that's when I tried to bring back the station. And it was unsuccessful. Did you get my phone call? Uh, Walton, did you get my phone message? Uh, I was so busy on the phone with Kim and Bill, I didn't look. I didn't. I did not look, Dad. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know if you had gotten the message. I, no, I thought. Thought it might help troubleshoot what was going on. Well, I appreciate that because Fred and I were having a good time trying. But he said I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I can't hear. <laughs> you, the two of you had a fabulous conversation, and I'm sitting here saying, "Is anybody out there?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dear. starting a hashtag. I'm starting a hashtag uh, campaign. Hashtag Patricia needs buttons. Patricia needs <laughs> buttons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's going to start a campaign. Do I get to pick right. colors and stuff? What now? 
Dan, am I am I okay on selecting the colors I'd like for my buttons? Sure, why not? Oh, cool. Yes, why not? Well, Patricia, I pink. Purple one. I thought you. I thought you like everything pink. I love pink. I love pink. I've got a pink computer. You know, a laptop mm -hmm. computer case. The cover that I have on my Nook is pink. Aside from liking it, it would be more difficult for a person to pick up my computer in a library and get out the door with something that's flaming pink. <laughs> I, I've never seen anybody with a flaming pink. I mean, it, it's it's a nice pink, but it, it's really rich. rich, rich. Hey, Dan, that's and, an interesting uh, question. Have anybody ever shoplifted at a library? Has anybody what now? Sh shoplifted at a library? Yes, we've had a couple stolen, but, you know, the students will come in and they will, uh, you know, just put things down and leave them unattended. And, you know, we tell, we, we have signs up, you know, say, please do not leave your items unattended. But it yeah. it hasn't happened recently. Uh -huh. We try to get the word out. You guys don't. You, you guys don't provide glue or something that way they can get glue to the table and walk away. No, no, no. We we don't do that. We we just don't do that. So but. he had a nap. Don't. I mean, it, it's it's troublesome. It's troublesome. Well, see, with Patricia, oh. all you need to do with Patricia provide Velcro. Then that way she can walk around and have it just drag behind her. Yeah, I had a little cat that had Velcro. <laughs> she just would come up against my ankle and I'll slack and stay there. <laughs> she, was, she was a cutie. But she had Are Velcro fun? in her fur. Ah. That's right. Mm. How's Patricia yeah. feeling? She's doing okay. Yeah. I think are you, okay are you, is quite acceptable. Are you doing exercises now, therapy, physical therapy? Well, not as many as I did when the therapist was <laughs> coming. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm I'm doing the ones that are going to benefit me the most. Uh huh. Well, you know, there, there are some that are nice to have, but if I were going to put in time with exercises, it's the you know I'll, I'll concentrate on the ones that are are helping the most. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe now without television, you'll have more time for walking or. <laughs> going to be an interesting experiment because I, I think I've said this a thousand times with Walden on the air and that um, I've, I've been saying I'm going to have my television disconnected. I'm paying for something that I rarely use. And I now I'll find out exactly how rarely I use it and whether or not I'm going to have withdrawal symptoms by Monday. And if I Which do, then I'll go shopping for, I'll, I'll go pick up another. I can get a really nice one that's a decent size for about $150, which is not pennies, but it certainly isn't what our parents paid when televisions were were for sale. You know, he mentioned listening to the old radio commercials, like on Amos and mm -hmm. Annie, and they were selling mm -hmm. those things for 300 some odd bucks, which would have been a lot of money. I know. 
back in the early 50s. I know, over time, you and I have talked about, and I need to start doing that again. And I'd say, well, how much was the stamp? Mm-hmm. Was, was a first-class stamp? And, and uh, we haven't done that for a while. No. We'll have to yeah. pull out some information. Yeah. But the prices on these things, radios and televisions and any other appliance, you might as well be out buying a car for the price of some of these things. Yep, things have come down in price. Uh, now, yes, which city have. are you in again? Again, in Tampa? Please? Patricia? She's in Fort Myers. Yeah, I'm here. She's in Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Yeah. Well, I will pull yeah. up. Uh, I'll, I'll go online and I'll find what TV uh, channels you can get over the air without cable. There you go. <gasps> cool. Yes. Like on my I computer? Think... I can see you. Are you talking about on, on the computer? No, 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 uh, with a television, with, you know, just without a cable hookup, all you need are, you know, all you will need is a good indoor antenna and then just a television. Yes, and that's, somebody had, in fact, one of the people at CenturyLink, when I cut back on what I was paying for, I, you know, I wasn't watching 99% of what was there, and most of it was sports, that darn S word again. And when I called to cut back, the guy at CenturyLink said, don't tell anybody I told you this, but if you go to Walmart, you can pick up one of these things for about $25. So I know what you're talking about, and if you could give me any other information, that would be great. Okay, sounds good. Now, one other thing, too. I think DISH or one of the uh, one of the uh, cable, either a cable or a satellite, they now have what they call a skinny package which has no sports, or they might as well just call it the Patricia Special. <laughs> and it's it's much cheaper than, you know, getting the sports channels. Oh, boy. I, and as far as I know, with this management group now, I am not able to have a dish unless it's on the lanai and nobody can see it. And, of course, you have to be pointed in the right direction, and an apartment only points in one direction, so... Are you facing south? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds really stupid, but in the summertime and the wintertime, the position of the sun is so dramatically different that I would actually have to go out there with a compass and, and decide <laughs> which direction I'm pointing in. I uh-huh. think I'm pointing in... Northeast, nope, northwest. North. I think I think northwest would work. Okay, okay, yeah. Sounds like you're, sounds like you're facing at least partially north. Yes. Okay, yeah. Probably a dish would not work then. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, I'll, I'll finish some more in a hurricane. I'll send you some information that you can see what uh, what you might be able to get just over the air. Great. Thank you. All right. Sounds great. Well, I'm going to get off the phone and just call in and say hi. Thank you, Dan. Okay, Thanks, and I'll, Dan. I'll, I'll let you know what's going on here. You know, I'll listen and make sure you're on, on track here. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. You're our ears out there. <laughs> Thank you. Keep, Give up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Uh, 
that is 12.30. It's time to get Patricia off to bed, Betty Bye. Boy, are you tough. Yeah, well. Oh, please, can, please, can I stay up a little later? No, you have to go to bed now. Walden, get her a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> and go to bed and no noise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear another peep out of you. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I guess I have to go to bed now, huh? Uh Uh-huh. No, actually, you don't. You you just can't spend any more time on the radio because Walden will On the radio, yes, and going to bed without a television playing in the background. Well, you can read. So I'll be reading. You know, I've I've got a really great Bose radio and CD player. I mean, it's a million years old, so it's not anything... Near. I have one of those, too, yeah. But got one for my mom. Those are really nice. And it's really nice. Yeah. And it's sitting in uh, at the bottom of one of my bookcases. And I'm going to haul that out and, and just, you know, get some radio or PBS stuff. Yeah, and, and classical PR, music. or yeah, NPR stuff in yeah. the background and just yeah. it, give it, that a whack. Actually, you know. It you, plays Paul Harvey radio shows especially. You know, Patricia, a lot of them now. Because yeah, he advertised Bose. He sure did. Huh. You, Big time. You, know, you, you know, you might get kicked out because a lot of times now, we least out here, Patricia, overnight, it, the BBC is, is carried domestically. So I wouldn't, uh, be, I wouldn't be surprised. You'll be, you, whatever your NPR station, you'll be NPR getting... NPR stations, yeah. You'll get the BBC yeah. coverage. So you might, you knowing the new junkie, you, you would appreciate that. I would appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'll have to set some stations for me. So, okay, I have to say good night now. Larry, is John there too? Hey, John, are you there? <laughs> John said no. I don't know where he is. He's in the other room somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what a night this has been. <laughs> Larry, thank you for helping us get back. Oh, you're board. welcome. I, I did so much good. <laughs> you did. I mean, you are such a good duty. And we will all be together. What Wednesday night? We're doing Wednesday night, yeah. Recording. We're doing a recording. We will. We will have some. Oh, I thought Bill shows. was going to have you. I thought Bill already asked if you do the show. What? Because you said how does how does Bill already know that he's not doing the show? But that was wrong. We're doing the recording for the for the awful shows. I thought you already knew that Bill was going to have you do the uh, the live show. What <laughs> on Wednesday night? He's not, but I thought, oh, that's, I thought that's what you were talking about at first. <laughs> I'm very delicate these days. Don't do that to me. <laughs> okay, I have to say good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for being so patient with us, and we'll do better next week. Am I okay on, on promising that, Walden? I think it's more fun doing it the other way, but, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a good call. No, it's try. always oh, good to say I'll do better. All right. we, yeah, we, we'll do better. Yeah. I promise we'll do better. Good night, Larry. Good night, Patricia. Good night, Good night. All right, so we'll hang up. So so what would you like to do? I'm wondering mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I should disconnect and see if I can go straight to Bill, and then I'm going to play the World War II material I set aside. Well, I... I... There we go. Can I think... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because I called Bill. Right. And then I called you. So right. Maybe I should disconnect. That's what I'm thinking. And you should call Bill and then... And see, uh, and see, if, it wor- see if it works, yeah. Now, if it doesn't, call me. Okay. If, okay. And I won't, I won't answer, but call me. 
Because <laughs> I'll know. What a fun! What I'll a fun! I'll start speaking Spanish. What a fun! What a fun! Well, I have two years of Spanish, but I didn't want to give that in right there. I, I learned yeah. swear words both in German and Spanish, and it's not that I went out of my way to learn them, but people taught them to me. I guess they thought I was John. Um, well, what's Gasman anyway? Dad, German? German. It's Austin. It's, uh, my real. I thought I thought it was all German, but it turns out that we're partial um, Austrian and uh-huh. German. Yeah. So, did any did you learn a foreign language in school at all? German and a little Spanish. Uh huh. Most of which I've forgotten now. Yeah. I remember C, but that's only because of Jack Benny. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. All right, hang well, up. You have trouble calling. Oh well. And maybe I'll pick up if I don't. John will, and he'll say, "What do you want?" Yeah, you want. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want? All right. Thanks, Rory. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Stand by, everybody. See if it works. Jaws Professional. Alt tab. Skype trademark. Left bracket tab. Online tab. Walton used tab. Search edit. Active favorite. Sammy J- Martin Ed Kluth Patricia from Bill Bragg Build Enter Bill Bragg Unloading job cans Okay Enter Well I'll see if this works Let me put on a little music And see if this works on this side I only hope to find Some peace of mind Put an end to wondering why It's always hello, my To find some peace of mind and put an end to wondering. Beautiful Doris Day will finish up the song and we'll say a prayer. It's always hello, my This is a Saturday night, August the 13th, year 2016. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks to Larry and John and Bill and Patricia. 9.37 here on the West Coast with Sarah Pereira. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of being here. 
support this wonderful country, the opportunities we have, the people we know, look after the needy, the poor, and the hungry. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to look back upon tomorrow is VJ Day, August 14th, back in 1945. So we're going to play the NBC coverage for a while of that night. So stand by. Soundforge Pro 11.0, data window to hear the JAWS LO tab. Skype, sign in at Windows M, desktop M, Microsoft M, my conference M, my doc, enter, document N, NBC, enter, shell folder V, document, news folder, enter, new V, VJ, dash, day, dash, og, dash, one, unloading, can, ok, enter, news. And now we are going to bring you a special commentary on this news by Mr. H.V. Kaltenborn, speaking from the NBC Newsroom in New York. Mr. Kaltenborn. Here he is, Mr. Kaltenborn. Good evening, everybody. And tonight I feel like talking like Gertrude Stein. The war is over. The war is over. The war is over. Peace has come. Peace has come. Peace has come. Yes, you can say it with emphasis, for it's ringing in millions of hearts all over the world tonight. That glad, glad news that we've been waiting for for years. And here it is. Sometimes it hardly seems for a moment that it can be true. We've become so immersed in war. We have lived the war so completely, so intensely, that this transition from one moment to the next into peace seems almost impossible to realize. And yet we know it's true. We know that the President of the United States has told us that it was true. And here is what he said. The words deserve repeating again and again. I have received this afternoon a message from the Japanese government in reply to the message forwarded to that government on August 11th. I deem this reply a full acceptance of the Potsdam Declaration, which specifies the unconditional surrender of Japan. In the reply, there is no qualification. Arrangements are now being made for the formal signing of surrender terms at the earliest possible moment. General Douglas MacArthur has been appointed the Supreme Allied Commander to receive the Japanese surrender. Great Britain, Russia, and China will be represented by high-ranking officers. Meantime, the Allied Armed Forces have been ordered to suspend offensive action. The proclamation of VJ Day must wait upon the formal signing of the surrender terms by Japan. Following is the Japanese government's message accepting our terms. Communication of the Japanese government of August 14, 1945, addressed to the governments of the United States, Great Britain, the Soviet Union, and China, with reference to the Japanese government's note of August 10th regarding their acceptance of the provisions of the Potsdam Declaration and the reply of the governments of the United States, Great Britain, the Soviet Union, and China, sent by American Secretary of State James F. Burns under the date of August 11th, the Japanese government have the honor to communicate to the government of the four powers as follows. One, His Majesty the Emperor has issued an imperial rescript regarding Japan's acceptance of the provisions of the Potsdam Declaration. Two, His Majesty the Emperor is prepared to authorize and ensure the signature by his government and the imperial general headquarters of the necessary terms 
for carrying out the provisions of the Potsdam Declaration. His Majesty is also prepared to issue his commands to all the military, naval and air authorities of Japan and all the forces under their control wherever located to cease active operations, to surrender arms and to issue such other orders as may be required by the Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces for the execution of the above-mentioned terms. Nothing could be more complete, more absolute, more devoid of the slightest qualifications. The one point of doubt is the text of the rescript to which the Emperor refers in the first point of his declaration. He says that he has issued an imperial rescript regarding Japan's acceptance of the provisions of the Potsdam Declaration. It is quite possible that that is the document which he will read over the radio to the Japanese people at 11 o'clock Eastern wartime and of which NBC will give you a full report. And so we come to the close or near the close of a momentous day. And what a curious day it's been in the history of the war. Those of us who followed the press and radio bulletins since the day began have lived in a twilight zone between war and peace. Not long after midnight, Domei, the official Japanese news agency, told the world that Japan had surrendered. When radio's instantaneous transmission carried that news to the 48 states, the celebrations began. They became riotous in many cities as the morning wore on. But there was no more news. Early reports that the surrender note had reached Switzerland were denied. For hours, there was a feeling of frustration. Then, in mid-afternoon, came a broadcast from NBC's Max Jordan, which electrified those who heard it. Scoring one of the big beats of the war, Jordan gave us the first real news of the day. The Japanese note had reached Bern, he said, and would be at the White House in two more hours. It accepted our surrender demand in principle, and those who knew what the note contained believed the war was over. In a later broadcast, Jordan revealed that a fairly lengthy note had been compressed into 160 Swiss code words, which RCA transmitted from Switzerland in just 12 minutes. The note reached the State Department at 6.4 p.m. Eastern War Time. The White House had already learned its general contents from Leland Harrison, our minister to Switzerland, and at 7 o'clock tonight, the news reporters who had been waiting for days around the White House were called into the President's office, and the President gave them the momentous news. He gave them more news at the same time. He told them that something like five million American men now in the armed forces will be released to civilian life within the next 12 to 18 months. The Board of War Production told us that all labor controls are off, off at once, so that labor is once again a free agent to seek whatever market suits it. Prime Minister Attlee, also at seven o'clock, voiced his impression of the peace. In serious, dignified tones, the new Prime Minister expressed something of the spirit that has dominated the peoples of the world over these last war-torn years, and in the most sincere tones, gave thanks that the day of peace was at hand, and as a generous ally, he paid a particular tribute to the part played by the United States in winning this war. For as he pointed out, without American help, it might have lasted for many more years. And he proclaimed as holidays for the British people and what people are better entitled to them next Wednesday, that is tomorrow and Thursday. 
And by the way, President Truman made a special point of thanking the federal employees who in this country have worked long hours, very faithfully, very devotedly, and who have received, as he pointed out, comparatively little credit for their contribution to the victory. And so, in deference to them, and as a slight reward, they too will have two days of holidays, tomorrow and on Thursday. And even as I speak in Washington and in New York, wherever NBC's microphone has been turned, you have heard the cheering crowds. You have heard something of the enthusiasm that has seized the people of this nation, this sincere expression of joy that the war is over. Obviously, this is not the time to point out the many serious problems that are still left. Yes, we know they are serious. There's the problem developing right now in China, where the communist forces and the nationalist forces are both striving to take over from the Japanese, where there is a struggle between these two factions of that ancient country, each striving to control as large an area as possible of ancient China, and that creates a problem which will have to be solved if strife is not to continue in that great part of the world. For many months, the United States Army has been working out its plans for the occupation of Japan. It is probable that this occupation will be shared by four powers. The president indicated as much tonight, Russia, China, Great Britain, and the United States. Now it happens that there are four main islands of Japan and a logical division would assign one of these to each of the big four with perhaps joint representation at Tokyo, the capital, as there is joint representation in Berlin. In all probability, the United States, which has played the dominant part in the victory over Japan, would assume responsibility for the male island of Hanchu, which surpasses the other three taken together in both area and population. Hanchu includes not only the capital city of Tokyo, but such cities as Kobe, Osaka, Nagoya, Shimonosaki. It also has a great many important harbors, all of which will soon be occupied by the United States Navy. For at the very moment at which I speak, the ships, the great floating ships of the United States Navy, which have been standing off Tokyo and other ports of Japan for the past 48 hours, are moving in to take control. For in a very few hours, that control will actually be established. General MacArthur must have been notified in advance of his appointment Undoubtedly, he is on his way, on board of one of those great battleships, moving in towards Japan to exercise that control of Supreme Allied Commander, which the Emperor has agreed in his communication to us he will exercise with the complete collaboration of the representatives of the Japanese government, including the Emperor himself. The logical island for Russia to take over is Hokkaido. This lies between the northern end of Honshu and the southern end of Sakhalin Island, which is now being occupied by the Russians. Hokkaido is closer to the Russian mainland than any of the other three main islands. Great Britain may want to take over the island of Kyushu. This is nearest Hong Kong, Shanghai, and the other Chinese ports where the British have large commercial interests. And you can depend upon it that the British Navy is going to try hard to take over Hong Kong before the Chinese take over because the British as a matter of prestige, want to take back from the Japanese that great port which they lost to the Japanese so early in the war. But China 
which desires to incorporate Hong Kong with China will feel that her control of the port would be tremendously important in order to better negotiate with the British and so the Chinese will also try to get there first. However, that problem I'm convinced will be settled amicably that there will be a mutually satisfactory arrangement between China and Britain over the great port of Hong Kong. China could participate in the occupation of Japan by taking over the smaller island of Shikoku, which lies between Kyushu and southern Hanju. China will also take over the Pescadores Islands and the large island of Formosa near the Chinese mainland. Formosa was taken away from China by Japan at the end of the Chinese-Japanese War of 1895. Under the terms of the Cairo Declaration, Formosa goes back to China. It is a well-developed, fertile island which will prove a valuable accession to China. The War Department has given special training to 2,000 American officers of occupation. In Japan, as in Germany, the United States will work for the adoption of a single coordinated control policy. It is expected that Russia will be responsive to American wishes for unified control. This country played the dominant part in the victory over Japan, which has now been achieved. Russia is also much more concerned with re-establishing her interests in southern Sakhalin Island, in Manchuria, and in Korea. She lost her position in these areas 40 years ago, at the end of the Russo-Japanese War. Our immediate short-range problem in Japan is to eliminate the military-industrial clique that has dominated the country ever since Japan accepted modern ideas 60 years ago. It is this group of generals, admirals, tycoons, and aristocrats that has carried Japan into four wars of aggression in just 50 years. Each war brought vast accessions of power prestige, territory, and resources. Now, by the peace treaty Japan is about to sign, she goes back to where she started when she made war on China in 1895. There was one note on the Tokyo radio today which we can approve. General Tada, president of the Japanese Board of Technology, said this. From now on, the Japanese people must show their indestructible strength by contributions to every field of culture. Then the world will look up to our virtues and come closer in friendship. It was because the Western world admired Japan's culture and Japan's progress that there was real friendship between Japan and the United States 40 years ago. Then, easy success in the First World War stimulated latent militarism that led Japan first to oppression, then to disaster. Now, time must pass before friendship can come. Good night. And here's Lyle Van for the Pure Oil Company. Good night, Mr. Carlton Bourne. Well, there it is. This is it, the hour we've all worked and fought and prayed for. And with what a breathtaking hurricane of allied power it finally swept upon us. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, the peoples of this world are going to have to meet and solve terrific problems born of that very newfound power that brought quick victory. But tonight, let's just thank heaven it's over and celebrate the hard-won glory. This from your friends at the big blue and white pure oil sign. Friendly neighbor Pure Oil dealers present H.V. Caldenborn in the news Monday through Friday at this same time. Be sure with Pure. This is the National Broadcasting Company. It is now 8 o'clock Eastern Wartime. This is WEAF NBC in New York. The services seem to have forgotten their traditional rivalry and the thrill of all this victory. 
Just now, down below me here, I can see a soldier and a sailor exchanging uniform caps and marching off down the street together with their arms around one another's shoulders. Young America's having his big chance tonight. There's a young fellow about 10 years old over here across the street who's doing a land office business in American flags. He's selling more than he can keep in stock. As something of a portent of things to come, just a few minutes ago, when traffic still was moving a bit down here in front of me, down below on the street, a motorist stopped his car long enough to write for sale all over, but apparently expecting a new car very shortly. Whether he gets it or not remains to be seen. All of this is going on in a sea of torn paper, screamers, confetti, and they're still coming down. Across the street from me, I see a newsreel photographer taking pictures of this crowd which is marching up and down State Street from Madison Street on my right back up to Randolph Street. All the intersections are jammed. It looks like right in front of me here, the midway of a World's Fair. The first uh, paper downpour came this afternoon when word was flashed that the Jap surrender reply had been received at the White House. But then more filled wastebaskets apparently were found because there's still more in the air. This morning, as I reported to you from down here in the loop, there was very little activity. It was a rather dull weekday in Chicago's loop. Now all that's changed. This is like Mardi Gras in Chicago. And now as I speak to you here, the throng has grown in density and the street below is blocked in either direction just as far as I can see by leaning out over the marquee here. A host of blue coats and MPs are on duty to prevent any undue violence, but so far they haven't had to interfere at all. Incidentally, you probably heard that. There have been firecrackers, explosions, and all going off down here. A fellow down below me is simulating acute injury from that blast, which didn't hurt him a single bit. Incidentally, there's supposed to be now about 864 policemen on duty in the loop. This morning, several of them told me they'd had no trouble at all. I wonder if it's still running as smoothly for them. Chicago is celebrating, but not too roughly, at least as yet. All of Chicago's taverns have been ordered closed for a 24-hour period, and the restaurants are following suit, and people accustomed to eating out generally are going to have a bit of trouble finding food tonight. But those down in the throng below me don't seem to care very much. Automobiles, whose owners have been saving gasoline for days, evidently, for this occasion, are jammed to the hilt. There's one that's so loaded, it isn't even riding on the rim, it's riding on the running board. Shortly before we went on the air here at the Roosevelt Theater, one driver's car went dead in the very middle of this throng as they were trying to reverse the direction of the streetcars. He couldn't get it started. Five policemen came to his aid and pushed the machine out of the path of the celebrators. Now somebody's brought out more firecrackers, just like Fourth of July. This isn't like VE Day or the false VJ days. This is it here in Chicago. A whole string of United Nations flags have been run up on the storefront down to the right, down on the corner of State and Madison, Carson Perry Scott and Company. And that brings another wild cheer from the crowd now. People screaming up and down, a migratory crowd almost. Chicago is celebrating tonight, but a word of caution has just been added by William Spencer, the regional war manpower commissioner, who is asking all workers to stay on the job. For those who want to hear the end of the war in a more sober fashion, Chicago churches are holding special services all day tomorrow. Well, that's the story from Chicago. Now to NBC in Denver. everyone, this is Cecil Seavey with an NBC microphone down on the corner of 16th and California in Denver, where we have one of the most terrific jam traffic jams that Denver has ever seen. If we can get through the crowd here, get on up in here, and without getting run over, we're going to talk to a few people around here. You can hear the noise, the horns, the cars going on. Believe you me, this is one of the biggest things and the biggest noises that Denver has ever made. 
16th Street, as far as we can see, clear down to the hills on the far end of the town. There's just a little of the noise. We're going to talk to some of these GIs around here in just a moment. I hope that we're being able to be read. Let's talk to this boy right here. Can we have your name, Sergeant? James Martin. James Martin, where's your home? Denver. Denver? Yeah. How long have you been back? About two months. About two months. What theater of operations were you in? 15th Air Force, Italy. Italy? How does it, how does it feel with the war over? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Is that all you can say? Oh, it's wonderful. All right, Jim, thanks a million. Let's go right on down the street here and see what a few more of the people are doing. We've got a larger crowd here. Let's get a hold of, let's get a, hold of a few people and find out just what is going on. We're going on down uh, another city block here. These streets are so jammed that cars haven't moved for the last 15 to 20 minutes. They've not moved an inch. Other cars have been sitting here for ever since, about two minutes after 5 o'clock. There were speakers in front of the NBC building on California Street here in Denver, and those speakers were quiet until the break, and then everything broke loose. Cars have been going on. The big sirens all over Denver have been going full blast continually. We want to get down here and talk to just a few more of the military personnel. I believe that there's a sailor right down here. We'll try and get him. Come here, sailor. We want to talk to you. What's your name? Bill Hearn. Where are you from, Bill? Chicago. From Chicago. Right. <laughs> what theater of operations were you in? Oh, um, European and Pacific. What uh, <laughs> Pacific? Just a few shots going off here from Model A. What? What, what portion of the Pacific were you in? Out West Central and North Pacific, all of them. Okinawa, Philippines. All right, Bill, what do you think about the war being over? That's the best moment of my life. You know what I'm going to do when I sober up? What are you going to do? I'm going to go, and I'm going to go in church, and I'm going to pray to thank God I'm alive. Good for you, Bill. That's the spirit. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, in Denver, as in every other uh, city across the nation, there will be church services, which will be held all the way. Here's going to be something interesting if we can get across the crowd here. We want to talk to one of the policemen who's trying to clear up the traffic jam. He can't. We've got streetcars, we've got buses, we've got cars tied up all along here. We'd like to talk to the police officer here just a moment, if we mind. Trying to get the streetcars through. We had one interesting thing here. A woman was trying to get to the hospital and she was held up for about an hour and a half or two hours. All right, Vern, let's go back up this way. Our engineer, Vern Andrews, is having more trouble keeping up with us than uh, practically anyone else in the country. We've had a larger crowd following this NBC microphone up and down the street than has been doing anything else. Denver has blown wide open. It'll be blowing probably for the next three or four weeks. It's one of the grandest sights that we have ever seen and, of course, one of the grandest feelings that we've ever had to know that the war is completely over, that peace has been tied. We've got a little bonfire going down, right down here in the middle of the street. Always something doing. Cars are loaded, are packed completely. The bonfire is going right down here, and they're trying to get away from it. It's a hot fire. We won't even go near it. There's everyone here, the military particularly, are having a grand time. You'll see them with civilian ties, civilian hats, civilian coats, civilian pants. Well, they're, they're celebrating, and rightfully so. We're coming back up to our starting point here in the corner of 16th in California. In... We're taking out of Hollywood and NBC. This is David Anderson speaking from Hollywood. All the barriers are down here, and perhaps in the background you can hear the noise of the band coming down the street. It's a complete contrast to V.E. Day. 
Office workers spill out of buildings and onto the streets in a flood tide. Shops emptied in the time it takes to say, Jap surrender. There's a riot of color and crowd below me as I stand on the roof of Hollywood's Radio City. Cars are lined up for blocks, jam-packed, horns blowing, papers cascading down from everywhere. Sirens are on the loose from here to City Hall in downtown Los Angeles, where Broadway is completely tied up. A couple of parades are in progress, one right down below me. And perhaps the biggest one is in the Negro section of the city of Los Angeles. Hollywood and Vine is a mad scramble of humanity. Every car has its running boards lined with Army and Navy personnel. The beautiful Hollywood girls aren't rationing their kisses, and you can believe me. Flashbulbs are popping as total strangers embrace. One of the most impressive scenes I observed in my quick tour of the vicinity was a packed lobby of one hotel where, as the strains of the national anthem came over NBC's network, the people stood with hats off, some of them with tears coursing their cheeks and sang the words in a chorus that threatened to tear the roof off. Now, here's a picture from the war plants around here. The plant of Northrop Aircraft Company closed down immediately on receipt of the surrender news, and no night shifts will operate tonight. From Lockheed, all plants of the Lockheed Aircraft Corporation closed down at once and will remain closed for two days. Pandemonium broke loose at the Douglas Aircraft Plants when the announcement came over the public address system, but the plants continued in operation. Over in Movieland, all of the studios have closed upon receipt of the official White House statement, and there will be no further takes on the movie lots until Thursday morning unless the president declares Thursday a public holiday. And I have a personal word from Will Hayes, president of the Motion Picture Producers and Distributors of America. He said with the rest of the civilized world, the motion picture industry joins in Thanksgiving for an end of fighting. And here's Jim Powell. Thank you, David. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to pass along a word about this impromptu parade that started. There was a group of about eight or ten uh, army men with old slide trombones and various musical instruments. They started up the street a little ways. I mean up the street. I'm speaking of Sunset Boulevard. They came down to the corner here and turned up Vine and are now headed for Hollywood Boulevard. And now the parade is going, going and growing too, on up the street, up to, boule up to the boulevard. And in leading the parade is a uh, cabaret coupe with, oh, I would say 15 or 20 people on. And they're swinging out around and the band is following them. And in back of that is a string of cars, three abreast, all the way down to the corner here. And it's a funny thing, all the cars seem to be headed up toward the heart of Hollywood town, which is Hollywood Boulevard and Vine. A few of them are, seem to be going back home. Right across the street from us now, down below, is another coupe with a group of youngsters on. And I'm getting a signal here to be pointed up the street where somebody has thrown a sheaf of papers down onto the street that, as David has told you, is completely littered. Also, there are a lot of uh, serpentine streamers being thrown down. And now our time is up, and we take you to San Francisco. Hello, this is Bill Baldwin and Frank Evans speaking to you from Market Street, Taylor Street, and Golden Gate Avenue in San Francisco. Pandemonium has broken loose here since 4 o'clock this afternoon. The fire department is all out blocking off streets in the market. This intersection we're speaking to you from, five streets empty into this one intersection here, and it is just jammed with humanity. They're walking in paper up to their ankles all over. A truck was here a while ago filled with uh, Kleenex and napkins. It's all over the street. Uh, women's panties are all over the street. There was a whole truckload of them. We've got them here. Frank Evans has got his. And every... How about the war, fellas? You glad it's over? Yes, Frank, here's a boy from New York. He wants to say hello to Right, thank you, Bill Bolton. What's your name, fella? My name is Patty Laurie. Where are you from, Pat? Staten Island. And you got any uh, comments on the news? Well, 
Oh, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful. Thanks a lot, Bad San Francisco has gone mad, and now back again to Bill Wolf. All right, fine. How about it, fellas? Savannah, Georgia? Savannah, Georgia. Wolf. Fine, your name? Yasko, Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, wonderful. You know, the, the ironic thing about it is here, uh, there's pandemonium broke loose. Last night, San Francisco's Market Street was in shambles, and uh, here's another boy here. No, actually, New Jersey. Well, what's your name? New Jersey. All right, Donnelly. Fine. Clifton, New Jersey. I'll be home on the 20th, a week from today. Fine. Well, pandemonium is broken loose in San Francisco. We want to take you over to another place, but one thing very funny happened here a while ago. There are about eight or ten prompt parades, flags from everywhere, and right leading the flag was a big sign that says, Leo Carrillo appearing at the Geary Theater in the Batman. <laughs> right on down the street. Ambulances are all out. San Francisco is happy. This is the largest staging area in the United States, and they're really doing a wonderful job. Frank, anything else? No, Bill, except this is the most tremendous thing that I've ever seen. It even beats Times Square on New Year's Eve. But now that's enough from down here in Market Street in San Francisco. Now we switch you to world-famous Chinatown in San Francisco. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, from the heart of world-famous Chinatown in San Francisco at Washington and Jackson, right in the middle of one of the gayest, grandest celebrations you have ever seen. The Chinese people here are milling on the streets, and you can hear the firecrackers and the fireworks in the background. It's really a wild celebration. We see soldiers, Chinese soldiers, Chinese-American soldiers in uniform with battle stars entering into the grand celebration, though they tell us that when BJ is officially proclaimed, a, a celebration like this country has never seen will take place. But right beside me now, I have the president of the six companies, the famous six companies, and the president, Louis Kwan, who has a word to say. Mr. Kwan. Peace reigns again. The long and costly struggle of humanity against the barbarism of Japan finally has come to a close. At last, soldiers of the Allied nations now march homeward with stories and confidence to claim the peace for which they have fought and won. Thank you very much, Mr. Kwan. As they told us just a few moments ago, this is just a preliminary celebration, but you can hear all the fireworks in the background, and the Chinatown is really gone wild. This is the largest Oriental settlement outside of China, and they have been fighting this war for a long eight years. But I see that our time is up here, so this is Clarence Leisure saying goodbye from Chinatown in San Francisco. This is the National Broadcasting Company. The National Broadcasting Company presents the Reverend Edward N. West, Canon of the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in New York. Canon West. It is my privilege to read this statement and prayer, issued by the Right Reverend William Thomas Manning, Bishop of New York. Our nation joins with the whole civilized world in giving thanks to God for the victory which he has granted to the forces of world brotherhood and freedom. We and our allies must now, with the help of God, end war forever and establish a true and permanent world peace. The atomic bomb absolutely compels us to do this. Mankind must now choose between world peace and world destruction. May this mighty power now placed in our hands this power which may be used for untold evil or for untold good, awaken us and all men to realize that the only real foundation for world brotherhood and peace is belief in Almighty God and acceptance of his law 
of righteousness by all men and by all nations. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Father of all men and ruler of the world, we give thanks to thee for the victory which thou hast granted to the forces of humanity, right, and freedom. We thank thee for the courage and sacrifice of those in the armed forces of our country and of our allies who have brought this victory to pass. And we commend to thy care and keeping all those who in this great conflict have laid down their lives for the sake of mankind. Grant, we beseech thee, that the allied nations may continue to stand together for the abolition of war, and that all men everywhere, victors and vanquished alike, may be drawn together in one great family of nations, and by thy help and guidance may walk in the way of justice, peace, and brotherhood. We ask this in the name of him who is the Prince of Peace and the true light of the world, thy Son, Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Canon West. This is the Navy Hour dedicated to victory. From the nation's capital, NBC brings you the Navy Hour, written and presented by the Navy Department and broadcast around the world through the Armed Forces Radio Service. On tonight's broadcast, the first broadcast of the new Navy Hour Chorus, the Symphony Orchestra of the United States Navy Band, and that great star of stage and screen, Miss Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> Now your master of ceremonies, one of the outstanding announcers of the country, now a Navy lieutenant, Fort Pearson. Thank you and good evening. First, a message from the Secretary of the Navy. He has decreed that uniformed and civilian personnel of the Naval Service, except for key personnel in offices and mail rooms, may take tomorrow and Thursday as a holiday. Yes, this has indeed been a week of high emotion and thanksgiving throughout the world. Tonight on the Navy Hour, we're deeply conscious of the millions of men and women, both at home and overseas, who have achieved this brilliant victory. We open our program, therefore, in proud salute to the winning team, to the Marines, the Army, the Coast Guard, and the ships and men of the United States Fleet. The new Navy Hour Chorus, under the direction of Lieutenant Lara Hoggard, presents This Is My Country. This is my country. 
We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. We take you now to NBC in the Pacific. Standing by. This is Jerry Lane with the American Third Fleet off the coast of Japan. The official news that the war is over came to the Third Fleet several hours after carrier planes had launched another attack on the Japanese homeland. And as I talk aboard this battleship now, we can hear the roar of the plane motors as they return from their last mission against the enemy. Because we have had so many false peace rumors out here, the actual official news of the surrender caused very little excitement. Fellows throughout the fleet were doing their duties this morning just as they've been doing them every morning. The boatswain piped the crew to Catholic mess on schedule and ordered the clean sweep down of the deck fore and aft. The air crewmen were perhaps more jubilant than anyone else out here. They were saved the agony of another mission against Japan. And probably some of them are alive this afternoon who would have died if the peace had been postponed another day. News of the surrender swept quickly and quietly through the ship. There was no shouting or outward sign of celebration. We've done that twice before on false reports. Two days ago, we were gathered on the flag bridge of the ship from where we were to watch the hoisting of the battle flag signalizing victory. And even as we stood there awaiting, a bogey, Navy parlance for unidentified airplane, was reported directly overhead. Gunners scrambled to their gun stations, and for a few exciting seconds, we were alerted for their attack. Later the same evening, the task force shot down 17 Jap planes. That's the greatest number we've had over the fleet since we've been out here. So according to the official reports, the war may be over. But the men of the third fleet, cruising less than 150 miles off the coast of Japan, will be as vigilant now as ever before. Some of them haven't forgotten that we were negotiating a treaty with the Japs at the time Pearl Harbor was attacked. However, that doesn't lessen in any degree the joy we feel that the United States, for the first time in nearly four years, is at peace with the entire world. This is Joe Hainline with the American Third Fleet off the coast of Japan, returning you to NBC in the United States. Now back to Washington and the Navy Hour. One man won this war. It was a triumph of teamwork. Tonight on the Navy Hour, we have the kind of man the Navy has been counting on since Pearl Harbor. A CB who attacked and destroyed a Jap pillbox armed only with nerve and a bulldozer. Machinist made first class Ray Tassoni, who was decorated with the Silver Star Medal for outstanding bravery. Well, now that victory has finally come, it kind of leaves me with hardly much to say. You can bet I'm plenty glad like everybody else. 
I'm not putting on a paper hat and tossing confetti in the street. It's okay by me for people to celebrate the way they want. Only personally tonight, I'm thinking of other angles on this victory. I'm thinking about some of my buddies that aren't around to join in the whooping and hollering. I'm thinking what some of them would give to be here tonight, and that's why I feel that there really isn't much for a fellow like me to say at such a time. But as long as they ask me to come here, maybe it would be okay if I said this. Out there in the islands, a man's pictures the states to be a certain way, a great place where you can get an even break, where your kid can grow up to be president, where you can get your car and take your family out Saturday night and have a, li a little fun. Some of the big shots in other parts of the world started out to change all that, but thank God they didn't succeed. I fought alongside some great guys and now that the fight is over, I know they feel the way I do. We're glad to have been on the winning team, and we're glad to have had a crack at the enemies of this country. If you ask me, it's a, it's a great country. Let's not ever forget it. All over the world tonight, the guns are silent for the first time in years. Countless men of many nations gave their lives to achieve this silence. It is fitting on our Navy Hour tonight to acknowledge our debt to our allies in battle. And so we offer with gratitude a victor melody. <laughs> We salute the men of the British Empire who fought beside us in tropical jungles and shared our dangers and shared our victory. To the British. salute the men of Russia who fought the Germans so well for four bloody years and took up arms again to stand beside us against Japan. To the Russians. Oh, 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 oh,
This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. Tonight is a night such as America has never known before. America has gone wild. Bedlam rules Manhattan as it does most every other city in the country. We can look out of our skyscraper windows here at the RCA building in Rockefeller Center and see the milling thousands shouting their way joyously through streets that are ankle-deep, knee-deep in some places, in ticker tape and torn-up telephone books and tons of miscellaneous paper. Shots ring out every few minutes. The din makes the noise here in our newsroom sound like soft orchestra music by comparison. Peace. Peace, isn't it wonderful? The crowds shout and sing. There's utter abandon. No New Year's Eve was ever one-tenth what this night is. It started slowly. It started at 7 p.m. when the radio brought to waiting millions. I must interrupt myself, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, switch you. I, uh, now we bring in another point in this madly celebrating world. We switch you to Okinawa. These terms was flashed over the Okinawa radio at 8.05 this morning. The announcement from the White House came after another night of blankness here following yesterday afternoon's report from Dome, the Japanese agency that the enemy had agreed to allied peace terms. Despite the belief that peace was close, many awoke on Okinawa this morning with some suspicion that the Japs were up to a trick of some sort since the delay had been so long. But now that it is finally and definitely over, a joyful, happy atmosphere exists all over Okinawa. It is a hot, muggy day here, and practically everyone is taking it as easy as possible. Many of us have taken off our shirts and are sitting in the shade talking it all over. It seems too good to be true, almost too hard to realize that we won't have to make any more difficult landings on ever-increasingly difficult beaches. When the news reached here, some planes of the Far East Air Forces were still up in the air. They were mostly fighter planes sweeping against Jap aircraft or against shipping, but not long targets. Although some of these flights were canceled at the last minute, others got through. One of the biggest overall strikes of the war was actually being planned today. 7th Air Force managed to call back its heavy bombers but some fighter pilots of both the 7th and 6th Air Forces are now aloft and may not be recalled in time. The news here is announced by President Truman that General MacArthur will head occupation forces was welcomely received by Army men. 
everyone is now waiting anxiously for the occupation to begin and for the peace to be signed. Although President Truman's announcement did not state so in so many words, it is assumed by most that General MacArthur's new status will also make him the supreme Allied commander as outlined in the peace demands. This is Robert Chaplin of Newsweek, returning you to the United States. We take you now to NBC in Times Square in New York. NBC Ben Grauer reporting on the NBC mobile unit, which now is the immobile unit because the crowds have just completely hemmed us in. This demonstration and this jubilation, which started about two and a quarter hours ago, has, if anything, increased instead of diminished. There isn't a chance for us to get going. We'd have to mow down folks to do it, so here's where we're going to stay. Just a few minutes ago, you heard uh, a report from NBC in Okinawa. We were listening on our shortwave transmitter receiver here over the din, hubbub, roar, babble, jangle, and clamor of this crowded and exciting scene. And so I yelled, anyone in this crowd here from Okinawa? Two smiling boys came up. They're marine pilots, and they listened along with us to this broadcast 15,000, 12,000 miles away. What's your name, Lieutenant? Uh, Lieutenant W.J. Dancy. Where are you from? Cincinnati, Ohio. And what's your name, Lieutenant? Lieutenant uh, Salmon from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, you're both from Cincinnati, both that's, buddies. That's right. Been together for three years now. You marine pilots? That's right. Attached to which part of division? Well, uh, at that time, we were Okinawa we attached to 2nd Marine Airway. Were you flying combat over Okinawa then? That's right. Plenty of combat. Uh, enough of it. Enough of it. Yeah. Did you just hear that broadcast smoke at all? I did. Well, how does this whole thing, this VJ Day, feel to you? Well, I was on Okinawa when VE Day was declared. I was just wishing I had Times Square. Just happened to be here on VJ Day. I feel mighty good about it. Uh, that's putting it mildly a bit. How about you, Lieutenant Salmon? Oh, uh, you know how anybody feels when they're over there. You want to get back home so bad you can't explain it to anybody. And now I'm so happy to be back, I can't tell anybody about it. Well, thank you very much, Lieutenant. Thanks for joining us, and a very warm salute to you and to the distinguished flying cross which you both wear on your strap of service ribbon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Guy. In New York, and the battle and confusion and excitement and swirling masses of humanity continue and, in fact, increase. Just a moment ago, something thrilling and dramatic happened. A signal core portable searchlight, which was stationed about a block below us, we're approximately 43rd Street, flung on its 100 million or million watt uh, arc and illuminated a whole block of Broadway. It struck this replica of the Iwo Jima flag raising in plaster, which is right alongside of us, and cast on the side of the Paramount building on the west side of Broadway a shadow about 150 feet high. The feet were planted on the fifth floor, and the tip top of the flagstaff was up on the 15th floor of the Paramount building. A giant symbol of victorious American courage and fighting spirit. That's the picture here in Times Square as we go into the third hour of a joyous overflowing of pent-up emotion which looks to me as though it's going to last right on through the night and on into dawn. A million madly happy New Yorkers who are expressing for the nation their joy that V-Day has come. And now from the NBC mobile unit in Times Square, this is Ben Grauer suggesting we find out what the state of affairs is in the movie capital as we switch across the continent to NBC in Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Purcell speaking to you from the heart of the Los Angeles City Hall. At the moment, we're down in the communications room of the Los Angeles Police Department, where the complete pulse beat of the entire city of Los Angeles is being measured at the present time through the services 
of many dispatchers who are gathered around a horseshoe-shaped table taking calls that are coming in from the various police cars, the complete fleet that is out covering the city, and uh, also sending calls to them which are being taken in another room that come from the citizenry by usual telephone methods and are jotted down on notes and sent by a revolving belt over to these dispatchers so they in turn can keep in touch with the cars in the city for anything that might be happening at the present time. Right now, I'd like to have you meet Chief C.B. Harrow, Chief of the Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, Chief Harrow, can you give us a little idea of the kind of reaction that uh, Los Angeles is having today here? Uh, so far, it has been fine. We've had a considerable amount of traffic congestion, quite a few, uh, quite a heavy crowd on the street, but it has been orderly. There has been nothing such as the breaking of big store windows or anything like that happening? It hasn't been reported, no. Uh, that has been largely due to a planned celebration that you and uh, Mayor Byron got together on some time ago so that you could find out uh, ahead of time what things might be happening and prepare for them. Is that I, right? I believe that's true. Uh, Chief Harrell, uh, at the present time, ladies and gentlemen, is standing here in the dispatcher's room with a pair of earphones on his head. And... Uh, he, at the moment, is going to go in on the line and talk to car number 42, which is down in Chinatown, and ask the police officer in that car what the reaction is down there. Chief? Car 42. 42. What is the condition in your district at the present time? Car 42. 42. What is the condition in the district at your time, at this time? 42 is very... Quiet, not too, too much celebrating, KGPL. What, uh, car 42, what's your location at the present? 42, we're at, uh, New Holland Orange Street, KGPL. The condition down in the Chinatown area then, Chief, is? Orden New High is clear at the present time. That's in the center of our Chinatown district. I wonder if there's any other car that you could get in contact with. Can the dispatcher tell you? Is there any other car that might be in a different uh, section of the city that can give us an idea of how Los Angeles is celebrating? Unit 37. All right, let's get in touch with Unit 37. Car 37. Car 37. 37. What is the condition in your district at the present time? Car 37. 37. What is the general condition in your district at this time? There's no call coming through from car 37 at the moment. He's probably very busy driving around in a section and didn't catch the chief's call at this particular moment. However, before we wind up here, I would like to take just another moment to describe this vast network, which is measuring the pulse and the heartbeat of this great metropolis finding out everything that is happening on this BJ day or B day, whichever term you please to use. Uh, car 122 evidently is ready to come in. Let's find out what's happening there. Car 122. Car 122. What is the general condition in your district at this time? Uh, 122, Chief, do you know? 77th Street. 77th Street, that's... The Watts uh, District. The which district? The Watts District. That's out on the uh, south side of Los Angeles, isn't it? Yes. 
Yeah. Well, that concludes our broadcast from the heart of the city hall, from the communications room, a broadcast with Chief C.B. Hall, where we've talked to a few of the police cars to find out the reaction. Now, this is Bob Purcell taking you now to NBC in Washington. President Truman has just proclaimed Wednesday and Thursday legal holidays. He's provided, too, for premium pay to those essential workers who must remain on the job. Now, this means, ladies and gentlemen, not only a government holiday, but a national legal holiday, such as the 4th of July. Banks and stores will close, and those workers who must remain at work will get special overtime pay on Wednesday and Thursday. Washington, incidentally, isn't waiting for tomorrow to celebrate. For a picture of the demonstration in our capital, I switch you now to NBC's mobile unit with Bill Herson. Well, things are still the same here, except we've calmed down just a little, but the crowd has doubled. I'm going to guess and say 20,000 people here at Lafayette Park, just across, across from the White House, across Pennsylvania Avenue. For the first time from Washington, let's talk to the man on the street. We've brought you the color on previous broadcasts. Let's see what the man on the street in the person of three lovely ladies has to say. And first of all, your name, please. Ruth Hepburn. Where were you when the thing broke today? Oh, I was in uh, Lafayette Park in front of the White House. Uh-huh. Right here, then? Yes, and, I was. And what did you do? I immediately went to church for special services. Oh, I see. And then back again. Yes, I did. Do you have a loved one in the war? Yes, my husband. Where is he? Okinawa. Well, thank you very much. And your name, please? Alma Jones. Alma Jones. Where are you from? Here. You work here in Washington? I have. You live in Washington? <laughs> were you born in Washington? No. I didn't think so. Where were you born? <laughs> in Virginia. Is that so? And what do you do? I work for the Bureau of Internal Revenue. I understand. Well, now, let's imagine for a minute, the war is over, let's imagine for a minute that rationing, the restrictions are dropped, that rationing's all through. What's the first thing you're going to do? A nice big beefsteak. <laughs> a beefsteak? And that might be it on this particular WEAF coverage at night, August 14th, 1945. Yep, okay. Let's see here. 10.35, let's see where we want to play. JAWS Professional Skype Windows M Desktop VVJ-Day-Enter And now we are going to bring you a special commentary on this news by Mr. H.V. Kaltenborn speaking from the NBC Newsroom in New York. Shut down Mr. Windows Kaltenborn. Here he is, Mr. Kaltenborn. Skype. Good evening, everybody. And tonight I feel Alt-Tab. like talking... One. Like... Skype. Sign and edit. Windows M Desktop M Microsoft M My Conference M My Documents Enter. Doc one Saturday seven dash nine dash one six Windows M desktop V V J dash day dash og dash one four dash one nine four five Tonight show Jaws six downloads Winx Jaws seven F Friday night show enter Friday zero V V J coverage Enter VJ four five dash zero eight dash one four week Tuesday New York not selected VJ NBC coverage four five dash zero eight dash one four from Nida Hollywood Canteen four five dash zero eight dash one four week Tuesday New York four five dash zero eight dash one zero week Friday New York four five four five enter four radio shows enter rate VJ co-
Not selected VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 34. Correction please. 8-30 P VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 34. Correction please. VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 33. City service program. 8-00 P unloading job. Can OK enter radio. By transcription. This is Amos. And this is Andy. And we are both telling you about Fred Waring's new morning program on NBC. Yes, sir. It's a great show. The new Fred Waring show is great. Listen each morning Monday through Friday at 11 over this station, WEAF, NBC in New York. City service, highways and melody. On the highways, in the homes, on the farms, in the factories, city service petroleum products lead the way. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to City Service Highways in Melody, starring the distinguished young conductor Paul Laval and his brilliant music with the City Service Orchestra and Singers. And tonight as our guest soloist, one of America's great sopranos, Miss Dorothy Kirsten, newest star of the Metropolitan Opera Company. So it's Highways in Melody with Paul Laval and the City Service Orchestra. Magic is the Thank you. 
this is your narrator, Roland Winters, and the highways are ahead. Where? First, a Paris boulevard in the days of the dandies and a song as gay as a French hat box. Do better to give you the continental flavor than city service star tonight. Dorothy Kirsten singing the hit from Noel Coward's conversation piece, I'll Follow My Secret Heart. Summertime, a country road, and your first girl in gingham ruffles, sweet as spun sugar. You call her by the only name that fits, Candy. Paul Laval reminds you of her again with the City Service Orchestra.
Tonight, the world waits. And as it waits, millions of men are thinking of home. And for the first time in four long years, they begin to see the road back, straight and clear. For them, wherever they are, the city service singers sing the green hills of home. driving along Fountain Street in Dodgeville, Wisconsin. As you pass the neat and clean city service station, you'd probably see the owner, J. Alvin Sullivan, right on the job. Uh-oh. Did you hear those tires skidding, Sully? I shouldn't have turned so sharply. No, Dr. Waters, I guess you're right. Well, I'm so rushed these days. Uh, say, that reminds me. Uh, come here, Sully. Take a look at these rear tires. Hmm. Tread's pretty well gone. Well, what do you think? Should I apply for new ones? Well, I guess you'll get five to 10,000 more miles if you have them retreaded. I can? Yeah. But you know, Doctor, if they were my tires, I'd put new tubes in them, too. You would? Why? Well, you've been running on these old tubes for quite a spell. They're bound to be mighty rough on your tire casings. 
Well, how come? Well, you see, it's this way. An old tube is dry and the natural oils are gone. It's filled with tiny cracks. Can't be 100% airtight. You mean an old tube can lose air even if it hasn't any leaky patches? Sure enough. Most tubes that age lose about two pounds a week. And did you ever think of this? Most tire trouble really comes from tube trouble. Yeah? How do you mean? Why, a tube that loses air puts a heavy strain on the side walls of your tire. Say, did you know driving on a tube that's nine pounds underinflated cuts tire life in half? Well, you don't say. Well, Sully, I suppose I'd better see the ration board and file an application for new tubes, huh? Oh, you don't have to do that. I can sell you tubes, Acme tubes. You see, they're not raging. They're not? Well, I didn't know that. Well, if you really think I should. I think it'd be the wisest buy you could make. All right, Sully. As long as they're not raging. No, sir. Tires are raging, but not tubes. All right. I'll stop back in an hour. Soon as I make this last one call. Okay, Doctor. I'll have your new Acme tubes waiting for you. And believe me, they're as fine a tube as money can buy. Bar none. Put the road map away this time and follow the wandering heart of an Irishman who wrote music for the whole world to hear. When he put a Spanish dance into an Indian opera, they still loved him. So here is Victor Herbert as Paul Laval so brilliantly presents him with all the lights and beauty of the city service strings. The Habanera from Natoma.
things come home at eventide, like birds that weary of their roaming. Our lovely star, Dorothy Kirsten, sings Homing. of the United Nations fighting forces encircle the world as the bitter struggle for freedom approaches final victory. There's a glorious day coming when the boys come home.
Everybody ready? Then come along for a real spin with Paul Laval of the City Service Slickers. Swing your partners, everybody shout, ladies to the inside, gents to the out. It's turkey in the straw, as only Paul Laval does it. Ragtime, then jazz, now it's swing. But whatever the rhythm, there are always composers whose songs live on. Ray Henderson writes songs like that, as bright as a penny, as happy as a day at the circus. You travel his highway in melody now with Paul Laval, the City Service Orchestra and Singers, and Dorothy Kirsten. Thank you. 
friendly advice. It's taking oil to finish the Japs, so America's fuel oil will continue being rationed. Better fill your fuel oil tank when you receive new coupons. If you and thousands of other Americans order deliveries now, then more fuel oil can be stored in terminals and bulk plants for winter use. Just phone your local city service office and say, I want to order fuel oil. This is Ford Bond saying goodnight for city service. Join us next Friday at this same time for the music of Paul Laval and our brilliant young soloist, Earl Wrightson. Remember, on the highways of America, city service petroleum products lead the way. This is the National Broadcasting Company. to Friday, August 10th, 1945, to hear the service show. Let's move earlier that afternoon while we're waiting to find out. We're going backwards. You know, you heard NBC, WEAF, August 14th that night. Then we moved a few days earlier, August 10th, 1945, to hear the service broadcast. Now let's go look for Mary Margaret McBride in the afternoon. Jaws Professional Radio Show VJ Coverage 45-08-10 Part 33 City Service v- 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 VJ Coverage 45-08-10 Part 30 Serenade to America 6-1 v- VJ Coverage 45-08-10 Part 29 News at 6th Page Up VJ Coverage 45-08-10 Part 27 just plain bill 5-30 p.m. Page, page, page up. VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 23. Lorenzo Jones 4-3 page, 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 page up. VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 15. General Mills Hour. Woman and White. VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 14. General VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 14. General Mills out VJ coverage 45-0 VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 12 News of the world with the VJ coverage 45-08-10 part 11 Mary Margaret McBride Eddie Rickenbacker and his wife Adelaide 1-00 p.m. Unloading jaws can't enter radio Beginning Monday August 13th Don Lurch will be on hand as farm director of the Modern Farmer program we know you'll enjoy his friendly visits each morning, Monday through Saturday, and also the regular visits of farmers and agricultural leaders who will be his guests. So be with us and meet Don Lurch on August 13th 
from 6 to 7 in the mornings over this station, WEAF, NBC, in New York. And here is Mary Margaret McBride. Who has been in a steady state since about um, 9 o'clock. No, earlier than that, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, last night of a heart just turning somersaults inside of, of her. Uh, yeah, that was watching your picture and seeing those raft scenes. And I tell you, uh, what really just did me in was that when that first airplane, when you could hear the noise of it. The and sad part of that, Mary Margaret, was that it disappeared. That's when the heartbreak Well, that's came. what I mean. We were frantic. That's what I mean. The faces of those men, of you and those other men, in those rafts, uh, as as the noise of that airplane went away, those gaunt, fatigued, burning up with thirst, dying from hunger men. Well, it was heart-rendering. Yes. Uh, that, put it all in that few words. And, you know, uh, Adelaide Rickenbacker, I was thinking about you at that moment. Where did you spend that time? Well, I was working for the Army at the time, and I worked every day. That's the biggest blessing I know of, is keeping busy. You went right straight ahead. Mm-hmm. With the proviso that nobody mentioned what had happened. Yeah. So we went on as before. You mean nobody was to Nobody talk mentioned uh, that anything was different than it had been the day before or the week before. Well, I've just been saying to our audience here in the studio that I think I'm the luckiest woman alive. Here we are on this thrilling day. My heart turned somersaults last night, and this morning I actually woke up mm. at just about the time that the news was being said on the air that perhaps, perhaps the end had come with Japan. Still, there's no confirmation of this, this business, mm. as you all know, because I know everybody's been hanging on the radio. But I've just been in that restless state, you know, with my heart doing flip-flops. And uh, you started it, you see. No, I didn't <laughs> start it. <laughs> yes, you did. You Mary Margaret. I've had those jitters ever since last night when I listened to our president at 10 o'clock. Yes. And the thriller came with that announcement and yes. his positive statement. It was something that I can't explain. And then this morning as I was shaving at 7.42 and I heard the flash over the air, I collapsed practically because to me the war is over and that was a definite sign. It's just a matter of detail from now on. That's right. It might and take the whole weekend, but it's it's finished. Well, I think that the President of the United States could well afford at this moment to dedicate the weekend to the victory and adding Sunday as a day of prayer and gratefulness for the end of the war and the saving of hundreds of thousands of our young men's lives. Mm -hmm. Because there is no doubt in my mind that the atomic bomb, which I have known about for some time past, and like everybody else who has, had to be very secretive about it. I realized that its potential was unlimited, and on the other hand, right on top of that, Russia with her mighty forces came in from the other side, and Japan has no way out, so that the leaders that are left must automatically recognize that the uh, unconditional surrender is their only hope in order to save what they have left. Otherwise, it is the obliteration of the nation and of the peoples of Japan, as our president stated last night. The possibilities of the atomic bomb are so great that no one 
even in his wildest imagination, could conceive the destruction and havoc that they create. Now, I think it argues very well for the peace of the world. I mean by that, that here is, for the first time in the history of the world, a weapon designed by the greatest scientists that we have of the age, which is the most destructive ever created by mankind, and at the same time, it also can be used in the hands of the right men as the greatest angel of peace that was ever created. And I think that's the way it'll be used. And for that reason, I say to you frankly today, the war is over. It's a matter of detail. The business of trying to keep the emperor of Japan on the throne is a detail that can be worked out without any difficulty insofar as the future is concerned. And to me, this is the end of all wars for a long time to come. Oh, how glad I am to hear you say It's got to be or we'll be annihilated. Correct, and we may be nothing more than Mars and a lot of other planets that are unknown to each other. Furthermore, the thrill I get out of it is personal and also it's general because I have a youngster, my oldest boy is in the Pacific, Tinian, as an aerial gunner in the Marines. I can see him coming back and I can see millions of others coming back now to a happy home and a peace-loving nation. Tell about, what's his name, Tinian? David. No, David. Tell about David uh, going into the Marines. Well, <laughs> typical of me, the father, uh, I had tried to promote him into going into the Army Air Force naturally, having been in them all or through two wars and then in the interim. But uh, he didn't seem to think so. In fact, he was uh, smart enough to realize that he had a father who had been publicized uh, right or wrong, but uh, to a great many millions, and that the record was there that he had, would have to fight and have to overcome in order to accomplish anything in his own name if he got into the Army Air Forces. And to make a long story short, he waited until I got as far away from home as I could. <laughs> I was in Moscow, or I'd been out in the Urals in Russia, and when I got back to Moscow, I found a cablegram that came through diplomatic channels from Adelaide telling me that David had enlisted in the Marines as a buck private and had been accepted and would be inducted before I got back. So I immediately cabled him that I would come to wherever he was on my return and uh, sorry I wouldn't get seen before. On arriving home, I found a letter from him saying, for God's sake, Daddy, don't come down here to Paris Island. That's where the boot training was taking place for the Marines. Because he says, you set me apart. I've got enough to live down by having your name. <laughs> <laughs> but every time, and he said, by the way, uh, please get a hold of the public relations director who say, claims he knows you and did and tell him to quit pulling me off the job or out of ranks and photographing me because then I have the opposition of the gang for days on end and just about the time I get back in their good graces and become one of them, why, bing, something happens again. So I, so I said to Adelaide, he's positively right, I won't go down. And I wrote the public relations uh, officer and told him frankly that I thought he was making a mistake for David's sake and for the rest of the boys. But in the interim, he moved over to uh, 
Oh, wait, let uh, me tell Memphis. you something, Miss Mary Margaret, before he... I, I always love to interrupt him. Uh, the last picture we got, he was stirring soup. Now, who is boss? <laughs> he was stirring soup and doing KP duty and looking like a million dollars. And he had a side of beef that I would have given $100 for beside him. <laughs> but to show you the uh, spirit of the Marines and how they indoctrinate them with that esprit de corps, he wanted to get into something on his own, and uh, he finally moved over to Memphis. And on Father's Day, two years ago, he called up, and he said, Hello, Daddy. I said, Hello, pal. How are you? I always call him Big Pal and Little Pal. He said, you are talking to Corporal David Rickenbacker of the U.S. Marines. <laughs> he had just been promoted that day from a first-class private to a corporal, which to him was worth more than any generalship in any Air Force. <laughs> and I bet it was to you, too, right, in that minute. In a great measure. Mm. Indeed, Mary Margaret. Where's little pal? Little pal is playing golf right now. He's only 17. Oh, he's so going he's to going Harvard. To He's going to escape this war. Well, we hope. He's going to Harvard. Oh, of course he's it's, going to escape uh, this war. This war well, ended. Eddie this Richard war has ended, but I'm only thinking of the... <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of the training courses that they have uh, been proposing but haven't been passed yet, that's all. Well, I don't think we need to worry about no. that. The main thing is that uh, that might do him some good. I think it would do all boys some good to get the benefit of uh, a period, a uh, short period of training in military activities uh, for their own physical and mental uh, development plus their uh, knowledge uh, gained of how to be disciplined and how to respect authority and the uh, elders which a lot of boys don't do or don't get until it's too late sometimes in life there you go eddie rickenbacker sticking your neck out the way you're always doing bringing up a controversial issue bringing up a controversial issue well i mary margaret i unfortunately am built that way but i have always liked to speak my piece and say what i think and i think that's one reason that people respect what i do say is because they know i've tried to be honest all my life and sincere in what i say that doesn't mean i'm always right no you say a wonderful thing in american magazine for this month you say that nothing tickles you more than have you, having your prejudices knocked into a cocked hat or being proved absolutely wrong because you're so excited about the new things that are coming up all the time in this marvelous world that you don't care a bit. That's why I say that I don't see any reason for people being dismayed or disheartened or discouraged with all of the tremendous skills that are coming back <laughs> in the hands of millions of our young men with all the energy and life and imagination and know-how and the individuality they're going to make things hum in spite of us older people we have lived our life to a great degree they're only starting they know how they've proven that all over the world if it wasn't for that american know-how you wouldn't have the war as far along as it is today in our favor because it's that individual spirit and indomitable courage that goes with the free men that makes them fight intelligently not as robots such as those who have been dictated to by totalitarian uh, powers above, so to speak, uh, at the top of the government. In other words, uh, fascists and uh, Germany and Italy and Japan, where they've had nothing to do but carry the gun and told when they're to die and when they're not to die. Now, our boys aren't organized that way, mentally or physically, because they have the, the heritage of 
free man, which has been the blessing of America and which has made America what America is today. I want to see that preserved. I'm sure it will be preserved. And here you have coming electronics, unbelievable possibilities. You have new industries such as the development of the gasoline turbine and the uh, jet propulsion. You mean that turbine you talk about was just one little... Yes, it'll revolutionize the power of the world. Mm. That means development, progress. You can take uh, television, uh, radar, television. A lot of people think of it in terms of nothing but uh, entertainment. I don't. I think in terms of it as being able to let me, my air transport company, come down and see the airport through the thickest of fogs, through the most violent of storms that may exist, and see it just as plain as if it's a bright sunlight day. Now, that we know is possible today. Plastic developments, that means you're going to have plastic buildings, you're going to have uh, uh, frozen dinners uh, that you get all wrapped up in one little package and stick in a little oven, and you can have the nicest dinner you ever had in your life. Well, think what that's going to do for the housewife. It's unlimited in its potential. And uh, then you've got the farmer. I always think, and you do, the farmer getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning, work to 10 o'clock at night. Not with the new machinery that is being developed, being able to spray for the airplane acres, thousands of acres, or millions of miles, even sow the seed with an airplane, or destroy the, the enemy of the crops. All of those things are going to take the burden off of the farmer. Now, these boys are coming back with that in their minds because you can take, pardon my bumping the <laughs> table, but I'm getting a little enthusiastic about my subject, Mary Margaret. You can take the boys that were pulled off the farm who would still be just farm boys. You know what they're doing today? Flying B-17s, B-29s, flying fortresses over Japan, all over the world. Or they're handling a great big monster of a tank or a great big half-track, or a tremendous uh, self-propelled, uh, uh, <laughs> quit doing that, Adelaide. He, he's up to bed, that's a terrible noise for your listeners all throughout the country. I understand, I apologize, <laughs> Mary Margaret. <laughs> that's but, all right, uh, it just sounds more bumpy when they hear it on the air. Well, I, I'm here. glad they know what's doing, if they're who's responsible. <laughs> they can... So you can't blame me for being enthusiastic oh, about no. the future. Does and that plane exist that you described that can rise right up all by itself and definitely. go right off on a destination and land? Definitely. The helicopter is uh, in its experimental stage, of course. But uh, it's simply a matter of perfection now, mechanical perfection, and you'll be landing on top of Rockefeller Center someday. You'll be landing in the front yard. You'll be able to go backwards. And then you'll fool your friends when they see you coming. <laughs> or you can go sidewise, right or left, up or down. Now, that's something to look forward to. That's why my article in American Magazine said, I am living for tomorrow. I always have. Which reminds me that I started doing that quite young in my years. I was about nine years old when it suddenly dawned on me that someday I was going to die and that all of the things that were being done would be beyond me. I wouldn't get to see them. I wouldn't be here. And I would go off by the hour, crying and bemoaning my fate, until Dad got a hold of me one day and wangled out of me what I was crying about, and then gave me a darn good licking, and I forgot all about not <laughs> being able to see everything. But inherently, it is there, and I think that is 
probably had a great deal to do with my unlimited faith first and power above and my strong desire to live, to see and help do the things that are going to be done. And I probably am able to say that I've cheated the old Grim Reaper more in the last 35 years than any living man of this generation. I was going to ask one of you that. How many times do you think that he's uh, really been, uh, well, reported practically dead? I remember that radio time. It's in the picture, too, where mm -hmm. the radio said that he'd die in a matter of a, of a, an hour or so. Yeah. And that jolted me out of my lethargy. And then I, le I left that uh, uh, thermos bottle of drinking water go right at the radio. And yeah. then I called for help. And, of course, it didn't portray the true story or all of it because of the time limit. But I called in the nurse and the doctor, and I raised so much keen about these false reports getting out that I was dying. Well, let me um, get this straight. Did you actually hear it? Oh, definitely. Yourself. We kept the radio on because it seemed to soothe him, you see. We didn't realize any such news as that was coming over. He was unconscious most of the time, but it did soothe him. Uh -huh. well, which time was this? This was the automobile, I mean, the, the uh, aviation crash in Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. And, but, and you heard, you came out of the coma just in time to hear him say you were going to die. And I was mumbling, and I wasn't as uh, audible as I was in the picture, but uh, no one could understand what I was trying to say, and finally Adelaide came in, and I was trying to tell her to get a hold of David Sarnoff, Mr. Paley, and Mr. <laughs> Kovac, and tell them to call those wolves off, that I wasn't dying. <laughs> to get their commentators to say I was going to live. And, it was interesting from that angle. But yeah. you asked Adelaide a question a while ago. I think probably I can answer it better. There <laughs> seven times that I remember definitely that I was had my toes in the pearly gates. I'm assuming that they were pearly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's another thing. It's a mighty easy thing to die. It's the sweetest thing in the world and the simplest thing to die because everything is serene and sweet and music and... You're just in seventh heaven. And then's when I start fighting because I don't like that kind of music. <laughs> Not at the pearly gates. And I always back away. So that there are other times probably that I missed it. I know of several, but you could never measure them. No. So it isn't because I have any super ability or I have any super knowledge. It's only that I try to be practical and honest and factual, sincere, realistic. And at the same time, I recognize that I am not the captain of my destinies. There's someone above that always directs those activities and destinies. And in his hands lie that power. And one thing I'd like to see the American people understand more thoroughly, and they should be grateful today, above all days, for the end of the termination of this violent war with Japan. And that is that we should get back to Christianity because without Christianity, there is no such thing as world peace. And if I were the president of these United States, and I admire Mr. Truman tremendously for what he has done and how he's done it, I would declare a weekend holiday and I would have Sunday as a day of prayer and thanks for the end of this horrible catastrophe. I... I never meant anything more in my life. No, I know you mean it. I think you always mean what you say. I think you do change your mind sometimes. Later, doesn't he, Adelaide? Oh, yes, occasionally. <laughs> Not always. Not always. What was it your father said to you about machinery? 
Well, of course, I was building this perpetual motion machine mm. in my little shop behind the house, and I used to work day and night on it, and for fear that someone would find my secret before I had a chance to really complete it, I had the little parts made all over town, a little part in this mm. shop, and a little part in that shop, and <laughs> then I'd assemble them, bring them home, and assemble them at night after my day's work, and work until 12 o'clock with a gas light, and the people, neighbors, used to wonder what I was doing, but I always had a big padlock on there for fear someone would steal my great invention. Well, of course, perpetual motion is like a lot of other things, that has to come from above not for mankind. But father was always interested in machinery. He was terrifically mechanical. And his thought was that I should pin my hopes and future on machinery. He didn't mean that I should eliminate any faith in God because they were Christian people, both mother and father. But he said, if you did and were willing to work and dream They'd never let you down. Well, they haven't. It's the machine today that has destroyed Japan, our enemies. Now, the main thing is to use that machine for the right purpose, and that's what I've been trying to do throughout my lifetime, is develop the automobile, which I was in on from its very inception. I went through the development of the early stages of the airplane. I'm still in it and developing. I think we're just on the threshold of air transportation because... I can see where in another few years we'll be going to any city in the world in a matter of hours. Well, that shrinks the world down to a tenth or a twentieth of its present size. That in itself is going to mean tremendous strides toward world peace because you're going to be able to meet other people. They're going to know you. We'll have an intercourse there of tra by transportation, of knowledge. We're going to have our products transplanted and theirs transplanted. And I don't think uh, any peoples will fight any other peoples if they know them well, mm. any more than neighbors will if they know them well. And then if there is a dispute, it will be adjudicated by this world organization for which we are grateful. At least I am. Did you really, when you were a little boy, did you actually take a baby buggy? And a <laughs> I did, and I paid for it. <coughs> and an in umbrella? Good, and a good thrashing. And you flew right off a roof. I came down off of that roof thinking and placing too much confidence in Mr. Dinklesfield's uh, um, the butcher's umbrella, one of those big <laughs> umbrellas, and it collapsed on me like, you know, an umbrella does in a storm, inside out at the wrong time. And I got a few bruises and cuts out of it, but that was all. But Mrs. Weston lost her carriage uh, wheels, the baby buggy wheels, because they were a mess. <laughs> All this is in the picture, which I still haven't named, I think. He, every time I start to give the picture a plug, he, he says something profound. <laughs> I think that poor Ted Lloyd in there would love to have me mention that this picture is at the Roxy Theater, and it's called Captain Eddie. Don't you think that Ted would like I that? Doesn't very, he look relieved? very important information. And I will say more about it. I will say that I found it tremendously exciting, that I had a wonderful time. I thought all the rat stuff was simply wonderful. And, I, and while you've had such a life, you've crowded so much into your 50-odd years that nobody in the world could get it all into a motion picture. It seemed to me that they hit the high spots, including your romance and 
and the, those early days, and all that seemed very authentic to me. All that, uh, the automobiles and the horses and buggies and the, uh, the way the women dressed and the way the men dressed, it all seemed authentic, and I imagine that they'd put a lot of study, hadn't they, into that? About two years of research, Mary Margaret, and it's, every sequence is based on a fact. Hmm. The only regrettable part is, as you say, to crowd 50 years of life into an hour and three quarters is difficult. It should be a serial. <laughs> <laughs> and you could leave it just at the perils of Pauline Point, too. Yeah. Every time you could just be waiting for you to be rescued or saved from dying somewhere. Seven parts you could have. All That's the right. seven times when he's been near death, when he knows he's been near what death. What you call near misses, I suppose. Yes. I also, last night, was reading Seven Came Through. That's the book mm. that tells about the raft experience. And uh, do you remember uh, you were talking about the loneliness of the night? Indeed, they were horrifying. Yes. Particularly when some of the boys who were going out of their mind would have these terrible hallucinations and nightmares and the, the piercing shrieks that would come with them. And, of course, I being the oldest man in the group, and having gone through so many things, this is just another to me. But to them, it was the first one, and the most horrible part of that experience was, as I said often, to see the cracking of younger minds. And, of course, I had only one weapon. That was to be raped them and crucify them verbally in every way I could in order to get them to take their minds off of themselves and be against me. As many of them said when they got on land, the only thing we were waiting for was to bury you at sea. <laughs> and they were so mad. Well, that's what I wanted. Alive. I wanted kept to them alive. keep them off themselves. Mm -hmm. And I had to make them mad at me in order to do so. Well, they all understood it after it was over, but in our physical state and mental state, it was difficult for them to at the time. And that's another interesting thing. <clears throat> History records that flight or trip as being 21 days. A fishing trip, as I like to call it. Actually, the way that happened was the newspapers here at home uh, got and remembered the announcement date of our loss and the day we were picked up. It was 21 days. But uh, I assumed it and took it for granted and paid no attention, and so did everybody else. In fact, wrote the book and mentioned 21 days until <coughs> Colonel Adams and I were gasping and gabbing about the past one day, and he said, you know, we were on that raft 23 days. Well, I said, simple to figure that out. We went down on the 21st of October. We were picked up on the 13th of October of November. So 31 days in October, left 11 days inclusive, and 13 days in uh, November. But we were on the other side of the dateline, so you had to cut a day off, you see, which made it 23 actual days. None of us ever thought of it. No. I was in a state of mind that it didn't pay any attention to checking, you see. But that's the truth, and that's how it happened. Well, you have to amend history to put <laughs> that in, because that raft story will go down as one of the great war stories of our time. Did that gall just settle down on your old hat? Definitely, and if I hadn't witnessed as Mary Margaret, I'd never tell the story. No. And I felt like I was shaking the whole Pacific Ocean out of its boots, reaching for it because I was so nervous and uh, upset for fear he'd get away, and we needed him badly at that yeah. time. He did us a lot of good because we carved up that great big carcass about an inch and a half in diameter into eight big portions, as you can imagine, and then took his intestines and used that for bait, and we caught a couple of fish with it. 
which saved our... And that gave you great encouragement, didn't it, right at that minute? You suddenly felt there are fish in this ocean and we can catch them. All of that happened after we had pulled the rafts together when I noticed the little Bartek had saved the Bible, initial Bible, and was reading it. So I pulled it to the rafts together that I had tied together on crashing, and we frankly prayed to God in heaven for food and water. And you so, read that from Matthew about Matthew's. take no thought for what you shall eat or what we you shall We repeated that eat. often, and we also sang such songs as we kindly like, non-red Christian soldiers, because not only was it helping me spiritually and mentally, but it was helping them tremendously, and did help them. It gave them a new lease on life. And that afternoon, within an hour, that gull came down from nowhere and landed on my head. And that night, we ran into a very violent storm. Usually, I run like a jackrabbit from them. But with this one, we paddled just with all of our remaining energy to get into it. It was turbulent storm. Waves were 30, 40 feet high, and the raft broke away. One of them did, and we had a difficult time getting it. Another one upset. It was midnight, black as ink. But out of it, by using our shirts and our socks and our handkerchiefs, we... To bring you a special bulletin. The National Broadcasting Company has interrupted this program to bring you a special bulletin from the NBC newsroom in New York. Stockholm. Official confirmation that a Japanese surrender offer was received by the Foreign Office of Neutral Sweden was made in a communique issued in Stockholm today. A Swedish Foreign Office announcement said the Japanese request for a cessation of hostilities was communicated to the British and Russian governments. I'll repeat that. A Swedish Foreign Office announcement said the Japanese request for a cessation of hostilities was communicated to the British and Russian governments. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Keep tuned to your NBC station for the later news. Whitaker and I might last another week or ten days, but we wouldn't be, wouldn't have been conscious. And a rather unique history goes with these uh, raft cases because always when one dies, no matter how many are in them, it's the living that buries the other at sea so that there's always only one carcass if they all die left. And there have been several of those cases found in the Pacific and on the shores of South America where they know that there were other men because the dog tags, identification papers were there, but the bodies were gone. And the strongest always buries the weakest of the dead. They, they take each man who survives takes all the papers That's correct. of the others to keep them for the, That's for the relatives. That's correct. And so they might find one carcass. And so we'll, in my opinion, there'll be rafts found for years with a skeleton in them, or rather with nothing but identification tags or cards. Adelaide Rickenbacker, I feel that we've kind of neglected you. Was oh, he who said you would talk the most? Yes, he said I should do all the talking today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a bit disappointed. No, you knew how it would turn out. You told me yesterday <laughs> over the telephone. She said, I'll just sit there. I'll come along. I want to come along. She was good enough to say once when she was sick, she heard us broadcasting. Oh, us very well. many weeks. And for 10 years ago, I used to drive in from Bronxville to luncheons and uh, or right after luncheons and turn you on and listen to you. You were with me a great deal. You have for many years. <laughs> well, I, I, that's that's very pleasant for me to hear. 
There's one more thing. What do you have on your mind? Well, I'd like to say right now that this is station WEAF New York, and then you may go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you look so kind of imposing. I thought you had maybe a big announcement. Well, there may be something coming up. Oh, really? Yes, we're standing by for something. We are? Mm -hmm. I don't know just what it is, so just continue with the program. Oh, do I go? Are we on the air? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's all right. Yeah. You never know, you know. You might, uh, they might uh, get a flash and just give it right then and there, and we might be taken off. This there... is one program you and I'd be delighted to be taken Wouldn't off of for the right Wouldn't we love minutes. it? Wouldn't we love it, though? Oh, we rejoice. I know you would. There's just one more thing that I, uh, I, I don't know quite how to put it. Uh, I want to get out of you, uh, <coughs> since we're just sitting here very informally and in this lovely friendly way uh, when you came back for that time you you sort of uh, uh, that was one of the times when you were a sort of controversial issue a little bit yeah but i never felt that you felt anything but kindness towards labor and towards even unions and towards russia and i came back from the pacific after seeing our boys dying out there for the lack of weapons and munitions and medical supplies and malaria working the clock around day and night I came back and found people Some indifferent, people. a great many of them, indifferent. And uh, the absenteeism was terrific. And I knew what those boys craved, and I knew if I could get our people to understand. And I crossed this corner three or four times, begging, pleading for another ounce of energy, another few minutes of time. And surely I said things against those who I dislike violently, racketeers, and I don't care what line of endeavor they're in whether it's business, finance, the political, or labor, or even radio. I don't like him in any line. <laughs> I guess I started him, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> From that point of view, I have always been a laboring man. I've labored for 43 years now. It hasn't hurt me, and I'm working harder today than I ever worked in my life. I respect union labor because I've made a business of even putting my own organization five, six years ago into the union, my organization of mechanics. Definitely, I did it. And a lot of the insiders know it, but the boys that are racketeering in labor like they do in any line of endeavor are not interested in seeing me eliminate their future. And I can't blame them for that. That's their prerogative. That's what makes a democracy. So when they criticized or started to smear me, all I could do was every time they threw a brick, I'd throw two back at them. The result was that the truth was found out, they understood me, and recognized the facts. And uh, today, the, I have no trouble. Here is the bulletin we are expecting from the NBC newsroom. It's from Stockholm by International News Service. It says that the Swedish Foreign Office has confirmed that a surrender offer has been received from the Japanese government. The offer was transmitted upon receipt to the Russian and British representatives in Stockholm. Well, that's it, then. Thank God for that. Yes. That's official, isn't it? I felt that this morning, Mary Margaret, when this flash came across. To me, the war was over. And it's a matter of detail and diplomatic negotiation plus military understanding. Well, I have some products that I want to mention today. Uh, I, I can't tell you what a great pleasure it's been to have you Rickenbackers here today. Captain Eddie and Mrs. Rickenbacker have been our guests on this very great day. And to have Eddie Rickenbacker, the great ace of the last of the First World War, and the man who had perhaps the most uh, striking adventure of one of the great adventures of this war, who has uh, helped so much with aviation, 
It, it's just like a miracle that I should have been lucky enough to have you today. And Frankly, Mary Margaret, I think we're the lucky ones. Yes, we're so all too. lucky, and I remind you again about the picture because I want you to see it. I think you'll like it just as much as I did. It's at the Roxy Theater, and it's called Captain Eddie. And uh, I, in thinking about my products, I was remembering what I'd read that Captain Eddie Rickenbacker had said about the business businessman. Sometimes I hear from people who uh, say to me, uh, I can't tell, are you a liberal, uh, and yet you, you go right along with business? Or others say to me, you're a Middle Westerner, and yet uh, uh, the Reds are going to get you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Proving, you know, that I'm somewhere, I'm just myself. Mm. I, I, I have great respect for the men who founded companies like mine. Uh, I've got some wonderful stories, as a matter of fact, uh, among my products. Wonderful stories of enterprise. The poor boy, H.C. Bohack, for instance, my H.C. Bohack stories. There was a boy who came over here to uh, his family to escape persecution, came right from Germany, and he slept behind, the, uh, slept behind, under the counter, really, when uh, uh, in the first little store that he worked in. And he built this great H.C. Bohack company with stores in Brooklyn and Long Island. It's a, it's a wonderful business. That's America. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? It's America's opportunity. And that's why I say, and may inject here, without cheating your sponsors out of uh, too much time, that that's all I'm interested in is protecting that opportunity. That's right. That was given to me. That's right. And that's why I think so much of our president, because no man could be born and reared in Missouri and associate with Missouri mules without getting a little American dirt on his feet. <laughs> that's right. Well, then there's my S&W, fine foods, for instance. There again, you have the same story. Uh, people who pioneered in in uh, uh, producing a real brand where you could trust the brand name, where you could buy everything under the same uh, brand and know that you were going to get good things. I think I have uh, some stores to mention where S&W Liquid Apple is being de demonstrated this week. The World Food Markets and the King Cullen Grocery Company, three stores in Westchester and 23 throughout Long Island, and the World Food Six Fine stores throughout Queens and Stop and Shop Markets in Huntington on Main Street and the World Food Markets in the Bronx, five of them. And the Bohack specials, by the way, for today are sweet, delicious honeydew melons, 10 cents a pound, and fresh, young, tender corn from nearby farms, five years for a quarter. Well, the whole banana industry grew up from Enterprise. That man, Keith, you know, who was helping build a railroad in Costa Rica. And it took 19 years to build, and the first 25 miles cost 4,000 lives, and he decided to try shipping bananas to pay some of the terrific freight costs for bringing in necessary materials. There's another great business story. Uh, of course, you come from that to golden bananas that flecked with amber that you ripen at room temperature and then they're delicious to eat. And then there's the sardic tomato mix, which really, that's my baby product. And it's a post-war product. It, it's uh, uh, done by this sardic company, which has been working in unusual methods for dehydrating vegetables and fruits. And uh, the Peter Reeves markets, we were saying, have this sardic tomato mix, which you use Whenever you need tomatoes for seasoning, you know, mm. for sauces, for dressings of all kinds, for meatloaves, it's a, it's a wonderful product. It's just going to sweep everything before it. There's Henry Sells Liver Patty. Uh, that's another product that's just going like wildfire because it's new and different. Henry Sells brought it up, worked at it for years and years developing it. He has a right to, to cash in on that. I, I, I feel that very much. There's my dromedary gingerbread mix, a product of a company founded in 1871 by John and William Hills, who first started dealing in imported fresh and dried fruits and then thought of, of this mix idea, a mix 
I use it. Everything, yes, mm -hmm. and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Everything in it. There's a, well, the Griffin Company. For more than 50 years, Griffin has been making shoe polishes and putting every ounce of integrity in himself into it. I mean, a, f a whole family. There's the Ehlers Tea. Brothers now, but their grandfather thought up the idea and had a little, uh, went from door to door selling his product. There is uh, this Bella Clarny tea in the grade A and the, and the tea in bags. You know, it, it's, it's got the most romantic and lovely story back of it, of men who care so much about it and have put everything they are or ever can be into it. You can't tell me that that isn't, that's, that's something, you know. That's America. That's America, sweetheart <laughs> soap. Every product we've got has this whole story of struggle, of achievement, of putting the best into it. That oval cake that smells so good and makes such a grand lattice. It's got that. There's my diff washing powder. The factory that makes our diff has been experimenting with cleaning products and producing washing powders uh, for more than 20 years. And they, they, what they wanted to do was produce products to clean everything from baby bottles to bombers. And they've <laughs> actually done it. It's diff washing powder that you wash your stuck-up pots and pans with. Let's see, what else, Vincent? Well, happened? our Fanny Farmer shops, for instance. Oh, uh, well, that. You just look at a Fanny Farmer old-time candy shop. By the way, they've changed the hours. Oh, have they? Vincent, the what are they today. now? Jiminy, what were they before? They're one now, one to one five. One o'clock, one to five. Except on... Um, Wednesday on still? Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wednesday's still the same, but one to five. Fanny Farmer old-time candy shops, they won't make more candy because they are bound to keep up their quality. And they've stuck to it. Even when they could give you very little, they gave everybody some and sent as much as possible to the, the men in service. Then there's enriched tip-top bread. There's another great industry where they've worked and worked finding how to put vitamins back into bread uh, so that you can have white bread or bread that you like, like enriched tip-top with the stars on the end of the wrapper, and yet it's good for you. It has irons and vitamins and all the things that make you healthy and strong and keep you that way. And that takes care of everything except Noxons. Noxon. Well, there again, you have the same thing. You have uh, a company that just went to work to produce a fine product and made surveys. <laughs> they tested and tested and tested every kind of product that there was for cleaning metals. And Noxon, this creamy liquid that you rub on, rub off, they perfected it. And now four out of five prefer Noxon. That's the way that is. You're going to tell me to shut up? Well, <laughs> not in so many words, no. <laughs> oh, you're just going to do it politely. I'm going to do it politely because time is Gee, almost up. I hate up. to leave today because everything's happening. And if Eddie Rickenbacker, you ought really to be a serial on my program. How would you like that? Just tell your whole life from beginning to end. I'd love it, providing you'd let me keep a few uh, sequences or episodes uh, undercover. Oh, you mean there are a few things you won't tell? A few, a few only. I think we ought to, if there is any time, we ought to use them to pay a little tribute to Adelaide, who has done a wonderful job in this war. Oh, she has worked with Adelaide. so many organizations, and her name, uh, quite apart from your name, Captain Eddie, is, is well known as a fine woman who's done her duty. By well, I love my work. Mary Margaret McBride returns Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock. This is Vincent Connolly speaking. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And with that, let's turn back to the automation system and be Perry Huntune tomorrow night, everybody, with John and Glory. Good morning, or good night, everybody.
Jaws Professional. Groove Music. Groove Music. Alt F4. Radio Shows. Alt F4. Alt Tab. Skype. Skype. Alt F4. Jaws Updates of Alt Tab. Skype. Skype. Alt Tab. Jaws of Alt Tab. Documents. Alt Tab. Sound Forge Pro 11. Escape. Escape. 0. Point enter. 0.019. Enter. 0.019. Menu. 5A. Leaving menus. Data window. Sound 1 star. Save as dialog. File name colon. Sound 1. Edit. A set of S A T U R D A Y N I G A T 8 dash 1 3 dash 1 6 dub i t 8 p a t r i c i a com j o h n com l a r r y a n d b i l l save as type colon combo box wave save button enter data window type in text 0.019 seconds Jaws Professional Bill Bragg Skype Edit Alt F4 Alt Tab Skype Trade Alt Tab Larry Gas Alt Tab Larry Gas Alt F4 Skype Trademark Left Alt F4 Larry Gasman Send Alt F4 Alt Tab Registrate Alt Tab Replayer Alt Tab Sound Forge Pro 11